0: What's up, everybody? This is Scott Yeager here with another edition of Challenge Mania. This is a bonus episode of Challenge Mania. If you didn't come for me, you came for D. You might be a little disappointed because he's not going to be here for this intro, but he will be involved in several other aspects of this episode. More on that in a second. As you guys know, we are hitting the road soon. We're coming to Denver on Saturday, June the 8th. We're bringing Nehemiah Clark, Kellyanne Judd, and another special guest we will be announcing soon. I wanted to take the time to remind you the tickets are on sale for that at challengemania.live. We've got a lot of fun aspects of that show, more than just the live show for this one. I know we don't do that in every city, but for Denver, the mile-high city, we've got some added features. It's sort of a two-day extravaganza in Denver. More on that in a sec. Also, on June the 22nd, we're coming to Los Angeles, California, to the heart of Hollywood, the Hollywood Improv on Melrose. That's right, we're bringing Veronica Portillo, the legend herself, Alton Williams, another challenge legend, and... Sean Merriman, former NFL All-Pro linebacker and Champs vs. Pros alum, Sean Merriman is our third guest on the dais. And who knows who's going to roll up? It's Los Angeles. Do you know how many reality stars, not just from The Challenge, but from Survivor, Big Brother, tons of other shows. The Bachelor live in Los Angeles. I wouldn't be surprised to see a whole slew of people in the building at the Hollywood Improv on Saturday, June the 22nd. Tickets for that are challengemania.la. Now... That room, we wanted that room. We begged. We said, can we do the Hollywood Improv this time? We did bray a big, gorgeous room. Can seat about 400 last time. But a lot of you guys said, can you come a little closer to the city? Come on, it's a long drive. I'm sick of sitting in traffic. I sit in traffic all week. Can you come closer to Los Angeles? So we listened. We got the Hollywood Improv in the heart of Los Angeles. Melrose, at Saturday. It's a 3 p.m. meet and greet. It's a 5 p.m. live show. But the room only seats 200. So these seats are going fast. These tickets are going fast. These meet and greet spots are going fast. Make sure you head to challengemania.la. Now, some of you guys are listening to this and you're thinking, but Scott, I haven't been to a challenge mania live yet. I don't know what's going on. I listen to the podcast. I know it's UND interviewing people. What happens at a challenge mania live? Well, That's what you're going to find out in this bonus podcast. Every time we do one of these shows, I get people who ask, is this going on iTunes? Can I hear it after? And the answer is no. We don't put these on iTunes, in their entirety at least. We don't, at least in a timely fashion, because here's why. We want you to feel special for being in the room. If you come to Denver, you're involved in a two-hour live show that nobody else will hear in its entirety, that nobody will hear in a timely fashion. Same goes for LA, same goes for San Francisco, Chicago, Las Vegas, New York, Philly, all these other cities that we're coming to this year. Nashville, probably. So if you're in the room for those shows, don't expect that the following Tuesday when someone's jogging to work or someone's at the gym or someone's at their commute, they're just going to hear the same show that you heard on their iPod, iPod, on their iPhone, whatever you're listening to these days. It's 2019. Okay, but here's the deal. I do want to give you guys a little bit of a glimpse as to what to expect from these live shows. So it's almost been a year since our debut at Caroline's on Broadway. It was June 2nd, I believe, 2018. Mark Long was our guest. Darrell Taylor was our guest. Emily Schramm was our guest. Speaking of Denver, Emily Schramm. Caroline's on Broadway, our first go-around. And I think it's okay now a year later to release the first 35 minutes or so from that show. So you'll get a taste of what a live challenge mania is like. And hopefully that will remind and influence you That you need to come to one of these shows, and maybe Denver, maybe LA, maybe not, maybe San Francisco, maybe our next New York show, who knows, whatever works out for you schedule-wise, money-wise, all that stuff has to work out. We're not asking you to go outside your means, but we do want you to know what you're coming to check out. So in this bonus podcast, you're going to be able to hear myself, Derek, Mark Long shooting the shit on stage live at Caroline's from last June. It's going to be the intro, me and D, some stories D's never told, and then Mark comes on, tells some hysterical, classic Mark Long stories. It'll give you a little bit of a taste of what you'll get from Nehemiah and Kellyanne and our as-of-now-unannounced third guest over at the Denver Improv on June the 8th. It'll give you a taste of what you're going to get from Veronica and Alton and Sean over at the Hollywood Improv on June the 22nd. And it'll really let you know, hey, if you haven't had a chance, if we haven't come to your city yet, if your schedule hasn't permitted yet, this is what you get. And hopefully it will excite you and it will get you jacked up to attend one of these in the future. That's coming later in this podcast. Also coming later in this podcast, Avengers Endgame. For a while, you know, we didn't want to spoil it. We waited a while to talk about it. it took D about a week to see it. Last week in the War Room over at Patreon.com slash Challenge we broke down Endgame for a little bit with our guest, Us Weekly's Emily Longaretta. what I'm going to do is I'm going to grab a nice big snippet from that interview, tack it in here, you're going to hear me and Dee and Emily talk about Avengers Endgame. So if you're not into that, that's fine, it's not necessarily challenge related, but I know a lot of you guys wanted to get our thoughts, a lot of Marvel fans out there, the movie did make $5 billion or whatever, you're going to get that. Before that though, I'm going to include right now at the top of this podcast, the first thing you're going to hear is my chat with my childhood friend and stand-up comedian, Eddie Firth. Eddie Firth created a live show called Historical Roast where they roast historical figures the same way you would see Rob Lowe or Donald Trump get roasted on Comedy Central. They do these shows at the Comedy Store in Los Angeles and they roast Hitler or Abraham Lincoln or Freddie Mercury, Michael Jackson, whoever. This show got picked up by Netflix. They got Jeff Ross attached and it premieres. Memorial Day on Netflix. They bring in celebrities now to play the parts of these historical figures. They got John Stamos and Bob Saget, Nikki Glaser. It's awesome. I'm really proud of my buddy. He actually hosted the meet and greet when we did the Brea show last year. Um, he kind of MC the meet and greet so I could kind of mingle a little bit more than usual because typically I do that. He brought us up on stage, did a couple of jokes. He's going to do that again at the Hollywood Improv. So you'll get to meet Eddie. But Before that, you'll get to check out the six episodes of Historical Roast on Netflix coming to you Memorial Day. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you have Netflix or you at least have your parents' Netflix password. So Without further ado, here's my chat. It's about a 30-minute chat with Eddie Firth. He's going to let you guys know what to expect from Historical Roast that he created and built from the ground up. I've been hearing about this thing they've been doing in Hollywood for the last four years. Finally, their hard work is paying off. This thing's debuting on Netflix, which is the coolest place for comedy these days. So After this, We'll get you the endgame chat, and after that, we'll get you the snippet of Challenge Mania Live, Caroline's New York City last June, me, Dee, and Mark Long. Like I said, guys, this is just a fun little bonus podcast for you guys to enjoy for free over here on iTunes. You can thank me later. You can thank me by going to challengemania.live and getting tickets to Denver for the 8th of June, or you can go to challengemania.la and get tickets to our show at the Hollywood Improv on June 22nd. All right, here we go. Historical roast, Edward Firth. Okay, everybody, on the line right now, a little change of pace. Uh, sort of tangentially related to Challenge Mania and the challenge. He was at our first appearance in Southern California last year at the Brea Improv. He did a little bit of emceeing and hosting for us during the meet and greet. He's the one who introduced us on stage. He's a stand-up comedian and he is one of the writers, producers, and creators of the new Netflix series, Historical Roast. Mr. Eddie Firth is on the line. My childhood buddy is here to join us and tell us a little bit about what he's doing with Jeff Ross over at Netflix. What's up, Eddie?
1: Hey Scott, thank you, thank you so much for having me man, I really appreciate it. I had a a lot of fun with Challenge Mania when you guys were in town last year, I can't wait for this year. And I'm uh, really excited to get to talk about historical roasts with uh, with you and the listeners.
0: Yeah, and it's good timing because we just announced. It's funny a very small percentage of our listener base, unless they've maybe you know clicked on some of the retweets or the posts I've done while plugging historical roast and some of the live shows you guys do, um, has actually seen or met you. But the the crowd we had in Brea is familiar with you from that day, and our crowd at the upcoming Hollywood Improv show will be familiar with you as well because you're going to come down and do the same stuff for us there. Uh, so if you you are coming to that show or are thinking of coming to that show, you'll get to meet and see Eddie. And your show, Historical Roast, is premiering between now and then, so you'll have something to talk to him about. So let's get right into it. Historical Roast is something you've been doing for a while as live shows in the LA market. Tell us uh, how it started. Tell us about your partnership with Ryan, how you guys came up with it, how long you've been doing it, and who some of your subject matters have been so far.
1: Uh, so we started, I was working at the Nerdist. Theater, which was a uh, uh, this wonderful little small theater in the back of Meltdown Comics on Sunset Boulevard. Um, Dan Harmon did Harmon Town there for a while. And the big show, the Meltdown show with Jonah and Kumail started there and was shot there. It was the same theater that we we were working at and one day. Uh, In between shows, I just looked at Ryan and the schedule and I was like, look, what's missing from the schedule? And we started talking about what, what shows could be produced because this was a venue that did these alternative shows and themed shows and everything kind of had a style to it. It wasn't just simply, you know, presenting stand-up comedian after stand-up comedian like the clubs in the area. They had shows like, like Harmontown, which was a podcast and they had shows like Simpsons trivia and all these, these fun alternative styles. And we came up with this idea of, well, we wanted to do a roast show and what if it was historical figures? Cause that it kind of led right into it. So we started that in, I I can't even tell you the year, but it's four and a half years ago. So that's uh 2013 through 2014 at this point. And, uh, we put it up at the Nerdist Improv School. We moved to Meltdown and, uh, we started by roasting our first show there it was Walt Disney. We had roasted Abraham Lincoln as our first show ever. We did Lucille Ball and Cleopatra, Michael Jackson, uh, Helen Keller is one of our favorite subjects, uh, who did not make it onto the TV show this year, but hopefully in season two. Uh, Ryan and I just met as interns at the theater and, Kind of struck up one of those friendships you have at a theater when you're working together. So it, it came together like that, and four and a half years later, we've run. We're now regulars at the Comedy Store. We're at the Comedy Store once a month. In fact, we'll we'll be roasting Mother Teresa two days after we release the show on Netflix. And it's been.
0: What's the date on uh, on that the Mother
1: so Teresa we, roast? Uh, May 29th at 10:30 p.m. in the Belly Room. So the Netflix uh, show, Mother which we'll Teresa. get to,
0: is May 27th. That's yep, when Memorial whole, Day. Memorial Day, the whole thing will go live on Netflix binge style, right?
1: Yep. And we then, got we got six episodes. Jeff Ross is the host for Netflix. We yeah. got the Roastmaster General involved.
0: And then two days later, comedy store, sunset strip, people can check it out live. If you watch it on Netflix and you can go check out the live version, I'd imagine the live version a little bit different from the Netflix version, probably a little bit, you know, dirtier, you know, it doesn't have the same polish as a, you know, a Hollywood production does, but there's something live and organic about it. Also being in the room and uh, a lot of stuff that I'm sure has to be left on the cutting room floor when you're cutting to time. So, um, sell people on the live experience a a little bit Because obviously the Netflix show is such a great achievement and whatnot, but that's going to go up on Netflix and then who knows how long it takes you to shoot some more and for you guys to do a season two. You guys are recurringly doing these live in Los Angeles. So a lot of people who are listening to this probably live in the Hollywood area, the Los Angeles area, and could potentially attend one of these shows. So sell people on that and then we'll kind of pivot over to the... Um, to the netflix show specifically so what do they get when, when you come to a live historical roast who's performing the roast characters what is uh, sort of the format
1: so, so we take the format of a friars club celebrity style roast um, what makes the live show so incredible is especially at the comedy store where uh, videotaping and, and, and cameras are not allowed there is it's, it's 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 roasting historical figures almost without a net. There's this very intense free spirit in that room, and we get to go really in depth. The the Netflix series is going to be half hour episodes. We're in the comedy store for over an hour, roasting whoever's there. Like when we're roasting Mother Teresa, the panel alone to me is so enticing. You're going to see Mother Teresa roasted by Gandhi, uh, Princess Diana. Martin Luther King Jr., Jesus. We have uh, Alex Hooper from America's Got Talent is going to be dressed up as Jesus roasting Mother Teresa. Mr. Rogers will be on the panel. Oprah Winfrey will be there. So we get this opportunity to get anyone and everyone you would want to see roasting these historical figures onto a stage. And then the comedians just absolutely run wild with it, everything from – incredible roast jokes to insane bits and ideas. You know, when we roasted Michael Jackson at the comedy store last fall, Pat Reagan from Reagan and Watkins did an incredible job as Freddie Mercury, uh, with this Bohemian Rhapsody parody where he was just roasting Michael and Prince and James Brown the entire time. And you only get that if you're at the comedy store and in, in the belly room upstairs where roast battle emanates from and Dave Chappelle shot his, Second, uh, special, what was it, uh, the bird revelation and equanimity was, uh, one of those was shot in the belly room where we perform. It's, it's just an incredible atmosphere and vibe and you get to see comedians in costume delivering jokes that you'll never get to see them deliver again. What's
0: interesting, I mean, roasts are, I think, a uh, a form of comedy That people are drawn to for obvious reasons I think first and foremost is one of the last Forms of comedy where for the most part The average person lets their guard Down and sort of changes their standard For how far you can go What types of subject matters are off limits Sort of I think with the caveat Being that everybody on stage On the dais gets to kind of get their Rebuttal in so everyone's kind of just Going for the jugular one after another And we as an audience get to sit back and Laugh at in the in the you know in In the case of Comedy Central roast, these celebrities roast each other, or in the case of Roast Battle, these, you know, these peers, these comedian peers roasting each other where, you know, they all kind of respect the craft and are going at each other that way. What's interesting about the roast battles is that, you know, you attend one of these shows, unless you're like an insider comedy fan, you kind of only have to go off of what somebody looks like, what you can kind of tell about them as a person. And those kind of jokes, you don't necessarily know the backstory of every person taking the stage. Whereas when Comedy Central roasts a Bruce Willis or a Donald Trump or a Justin Bieber, there's a lot of built-in narrative that we get as consumers of them, as actors, actresses, musicians, etc., that we understand and the people who are roasting them too, whatever their background is. With historical figures, it's an even, you know, it's even more so because we grow up hearing these stories from when we're in second grade, third grade, fourth grade. And it's normally just like delivered to you as fact, but you can break down a lot of this stuff. And especially by 2019, not even 2019, by any modern day standards whatsoever, what these people were saying and doing in whatever era they're from are is pretty absurd and easy to pick holes in, you know, and celebrities that are, you know, 20 years old, 30 years old, historical figures that are hundreds of years old. You don't even have to be like. Kind of, uh, you know, making, you know, making it extravagant. You can literally just say what they used to do and by today's standards it's disgusting or deplorable or hypocritical or ridiculous. Who for you so far has been the easiest target?
1: Uh, it, Helen Keller is one of the, the the favorites. Every every great comedian has Helen Keller jokes. So that, that was always fun. I do uh, – what you said is right on the money. There's a certain freedom in roasting where people get to really push the boundaries every single time we go. And everyone is very open to accepting it. And with historical figures having such a rich history and it, it's certainly what helped spark the show was what if we looked at this through a different lens now? What if we actually took a look at Abe Lincoln's life and – you, you know, when we did the when we produced it for Netflix, one of the big quotes that we pulled out from Abe Lincoln was used in roast jokes against him, because Abraham Lincoln did not set out to end slavery and and free slaves, and he literally said if he could save the union and not free slaves, he would do it. If he could save the union and free slaves, he would do it. All he cared about was keeping the union together. And when you look at quotes like that through a prism uh, of what we would expect today from world leaders, it certainly is intriguing. I've I always enjoy uh, our panel roasts like we did classic Hollywood stars and we had Marlon Brando and Judy Garland and Jimmy Stewart and Marilyn Monroe. That was a lot of fun because I'm a I'm a movie guy. And Nate Craig as Marlon Brando put on this incredible Brando performance uh, Macho Man and Andre the Giant were obviously two of my favorites. You know, you and I being wrestling guys, being able to roast both Andre the Giant and Macho Man and have two different shows w- was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, but that was a good one, yeah. I mean, when we when we we did it at the Comedy Store last October, we roasted Andre. Uh, Tony Hinchcliffe played Macho Man for that roast, and he had a full marching band come into the Comedy Store to play him in to pomp and circumstance. So we had a full brass band in the comedy store just to bring macho man on stage. And so there's, you know, moments like that, or, uh, Houdini was actually one of my favorites. Cause we got a chance to work with Justin Willman at meltdown, uh, a magician who's also got an incredible Netflix show called magic for humans. And it was, uh, it, it, it helped people write even further outside that box. Cause Houdini by all accounts was a pretty pretty chill person. And all he was was a magician who then wanted to debunk people who said that you could talk to spirits because there's a lot of people, uh, you know, mediums trying to get people to pay money to talk to their dead grandparents and stuff. But every show really does provide a, a very unique opportunity to go back, look at history again. Um, you know, our most recent one was, was Ted Bundy, which was, uh, I want to say it was a blast, but because it was such a dark subject matter, we got an- another chance to look at, human nature and why why not only do these people commit such heinous acts but in the in the premise of historical roast we deal with people who went to war like Hitler and FDR and Stalin and millions of people died in wars you know the civil wars the 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 most american casualties in any war that we've been in and then we have casualties like you know Ted Bundy and Charles Manson. And it's a, it's a different scale, but you get to look at how we as humans process that even down to what we were willing to laugh at, you know? And in that instance, Matt McCarthy's playing Charles Manson and all he did for his entire set was read actual Charles Manson quotes. Matt McCarthy is one of our favorite guests and he's incredible. And in this instance, all he did was read actual quotes from Charles Manson and in context like that, you're like, this man was truly insane. And it worked in a, in a beautiful comedic sense.
0: One of the beauties of, of attacking or, you know, focusing on subject matters that are long gone, their family are long gone and they've sort of become, you know, I don't want to say, uh, with caricatures of themselves, but at a certain point it became kind of tongue in cheek, to use the phrase, but other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? And you sort of, you you separate the fact that her husband was murdered at a play and you're kind of like, oh, that's a good analogy for somebody having a bad day and you kind of segwaying into talking about something else. You know, where have you found is the pivot point for where stuff becomes a little shaky? Because you've mentioned some people who are a little bit more modern, you know, the Ted Bundys and Michael Jacksons, especially Michael Jackson being very topical these days because you've got the uh, leaving Neverland stuff and the victims of a lot of his sexual misconduct which uh, if you watch that and you don't believe those guys just turn this off right now I don't want to hear from you um, to be honest with you all that stuff's very fresh in our minds have you found like to me I'd imagine when you're talking about some historical figures you get nobody who complains you get nobody who's offended and then maybe some of the more modern ones people do kind of ooh and ah and then d- did they go too far at some moments where's the line have you is there someone who you were like ah, maybe we shouldn't have touched them or have you kind of gotten off scot-free you know in all your shows.
1: I will say that I was incredibly nervous about the Ted Bundy roast. Um, I had seen enough of the backlash online about documentaries and about the new Zac Efron movie when it was when the trailers were coming out that people were a little sensitive about, you know, glorifying or celebrating or looking at this story when, of course, you know, especially especially as comedians, there's, it's a fun punchline to always say. And Flint, Flint, Michigan still doesn't have clean water. And so we're gonna sit here and roast Ted Bundy, and and are we in any way horrifying? Because in our show, we don't only roast the ones we love personally. Like we've roasted Hitler a bunch, and I do not necessarily love Hitler. Um, Ted Bundy, and the other, on the other hand, like that was an incredible roast. Everybody really came out for that, and they were ready to laugh at all the all the good things and, and boo at all the bad things. Uh, there are two roasts that did not go over the way that I would have expected. We roasted the election right before the election. And I'll be honest, I don't think we understood. I don't think anyone really understood the feelings that were going around. Now in LA, of course, nobody was there to boo Hillary and everyone was there to boo Trump. We had a panel with Bernie and Obama. It just was, we didn't recognize how sensitive of a time it was. And now in retrospect, I understand exactly why, because we were all very very on edge about what was going to happen. We also roasted Jackie Robinson. And I think there's a good way to do it, but I don't think we hit the note at the right time. It was, I think there's, there, there are great ways. And I do believe there are great ways to roast really good people. and, And for, even for the good things that they do, that roast did not go over the way I would have seen as well. And it was, it was a bit flat as we were trying to make fun of the of the person who put himself out front to break down the color barrier in baseball and help progress society.
0: I can see that. Um, so, so when you get picked up by Netflix, Jeffrey Ross at the helm, which I won't go into detail, but I've been, you know, a huge fan of this concept for several years. And when I was working in television production, was very adamant that this should be made into a TV property. So I'm glad it finally has been. And the name that when you hear historical roast or you hear anything roast, you hear pot roast, you, you think of, Jeffrey Ross. He's become the Roastmaster General. He's synonymous with it. I've interviewed him before. He, at some point in his career, probably was offended by the fact that people thought of him only in that way. And then one day, I believe Dave Chappelle said to him, just stay in your lane, man. Just pick a lane, stay in your lane. And he's done that very well and created this, you know, this lane for himself that is massive and has such legs that he is now getting shows greenlit just by being attached. So, You get Jeff Ross, you get Netflix, you're going to do six episodes. As you mentioned, you've done a ton of these things before, and you've had some successes, well, a lot of successes, some not so successful, and you you really obviously have to hit the ground running, and you want to be a success when you go to Netflix – Talk about the subject matters you guys selected for these six episodes. Some of them are repeats and some of them aren't, correct me if I'm wrong. Talk about how you selected them, how you selected the people to be a part of these shows, because I'd imagine, now that you're going on Netflix, you, you know, I know you want to include your comedian friends and stuff as well, but there's, you know, probably celebrities who want to be a part of this as well, and celebrities that you'd like to be a part of this. So what can you talk about? What can you divulge about what we're gonna see on Netflix come May 27th?
1: First and foremost, I, I will never be able to sing the praises of Jeff Ross enough. Uh, as a performer, as a television producer, and as a human being, from the first moment we started working with him, he has been absolutely incredible. And his focus was not only in to make a great show, but to help help include us and make the show something we wanted as well. I have been a huge part of the process since day one, and we turned in a show that I think is so close to what we were creating in the belly room and in meltdown comics and just felt like exactly the right thing. And Jeff busted his ass so hard on this one. Um, as soon as we sat down, the conversations were, we all kind of brought to the table ideas of with six episodes, who would we want to see roast? Um, Abraham Lincoln was somebody that we knew we were going to do an episode on. Abraham Lincoln was the first person we ever roasted with the show. It is I think the quintessential idea Abraham Lincoln is a beloved figure, has plenty to make fun of, was responsible for so many great things, but has plenty of flaws and areas that we can learn more about. Uh, But also, just uh, again, re looking at it through the same lens. What uh, Jamar Neighbors, if you go back on our YouTube page, had some of the best jokes on our very first show back years ago about. Abe Lincoln dying in a theater and, and, you know, whether his face on a penny versus a $5 bill and all, all that kind of stuff that with great writers, you really get to dig in deep. Um, so we, we spent the first couple of, uh, writing sessions just going over who we would roast and why, and the care that everyone in that room took to, you know, we did not roast Einstein or Shakespeare on this season, but there was a discussion about them, and the thoughtfulness of, well, there's more tension in roasting Einstein than Shakespeare, because you'll get a very very fun roast with Shakespeare, where you get incredible language and funny characters. But ooh, what are they going to say about Einstein? felt like it had more weight. we tried to you know spin into that. So um, the episodes that, that that we're really excited about, like we have Abe Lincoln, um, and when you talk about who we got to work with we're now working with calling Jeff's friends instead of just our friends and we got a few of our friends in the writers room people who are on our show were in the writers room and in uh in some of the parts on television but we then got a chance to reach out to people that I am truly grateful that they were a part of because we we have we have everyone from from current superstars to legends people that I, I never thought we would get a chance to get to work with this quickly on the show and was so excited. So for Abe Lincoln's episode, Bob Saget is playing Abraham Lincoln and John Stamos is playing John Wilkes Booth. So we got this incredible pairing of best friends and TV partners for life who came in and had a blast on the set and their performance was almost completely blown out of the water by Natasha Legere who plays Mary Todd Lincoln, uh, Abe's wife. She puts on a performance that just blew my mind. She's, You guys will absolutely love what Natasha Leggero does. Yamanika Saunders plays Harriet Tubman for that, and absolutely goes off on Abe Lincoln for not coming to the rescue earlier. Um, We're really excited about our Freddie Mercury roast. Um, That was another one that that was a long discussion that changed from Michael Jackson to Freddie Mercury. Was Uh, Bohemian
0: Rhapsody and the success that came with that coupled with maybe Michael Jackson's name getting dragged into the mud because, as I mentioned, leaving Neverland, was that sort of juxtaposition maybe what made you make the switch?
1: The excitement with Freddie Mercury was that it had never been done and had never been seen. And plenty of – I'm sure we will get to Michael Jackson on television and we'll include him in a show somewhere. There's there's plenty to do with Michael, but we've all heard a lot of Michael Jackson jokes and it felt like there was a new and different and better story to tell in roasting Freddie Mercury. Because one of the, one of the, the crown jewel moments of the show for me is we have a musical comedian who came in to write all of our original song, Avery Pearson, who is incredible as a performer and human being. And he did all of our original music and he wrote this song for Freddie Mercury. James Adomian plays Freddie Mercury and sings this song, which is, funny and hilarious. But at the heart of it, the message is be who you are and do what you want to do. And that spirit of Freddie Mercury of like, I'm a little weird, but I'm going to be weird. And I'm a little out there, but I'm going to be out there. And I'm going to do these things. That I'm going to be myself comes through in that episode. We also had Nikki Glazer, who he, who he cast as Kurt Cobain in the episode. So Nikki Glazer gets to put a fake beard on and comb her hair in her face. And she absolutely loved it. She talked about it on Conan. She had a blast playing a guy for once um Fortune Feimster plays Princess Diana and one of my all-time favorites and somebody who I can tell you is hands down the nicest human being in the world Seth Green plays David Bowie for that show and absolutely crushes it on a day where he was uh he came in a little under the weather and you can't even tell he's just phenomenal What's cool uh, about looking-
0: Freddie Mercury, not to cut you off, is is that yeah. you know, a year ago, I'm a big Queen fan, I know a large portion of Freddie Mercury's life story and everything, but I even learned more after having seen Bohemian Rhapsody, and I know there's been a lot of, you know, uh controversy over what kind of stuff got left out to make it a little bit more of a Hollywood story and whatnot. At least there's broad strokes in there that I would argue the average person did not know. And that movie made half a billion dollars, so there's a large percentage of people out there who are now gonna get a lot more of the jokes in the context about Freddie Mercury in 2019 than they would have gotten in
1: 2018. It i i 've always said that I felt like Queen was an underrated band for as good as they were, and certainly Freddie Mercury is the heart and soul of that and the The exposure that he as an artist and they as a band are getting because of it is fantastic, and it really did play into a very fun and exciting and uplifting episode with with great jokes and great music and great costumes and and styling. I do want to give a big shout out you you know you and I have talked about historical roast in the past, and one of the things that you Kind of brought as an idea was something that got impressed upon our show from the very beginning, which was this whole show is just its costumes and jokes. Right, it's it's jokes and it's costumes. Without costuming and without makeup departments, uh, our hair, makeup, and costume departments were absolutely incredible. Roger Forker um, blew it out of the water with costumes. Our uh, Ryan Felipe plays Julius Caesar, and he actually wears the same Julius Caesar costume that George Clooney wears in *Hail Caesar*. Yeah. Like we went, we went, we went all out with costumes, hair, makeup. We transform. We transform people into people you will you will always recognize who is under the hair and makeup and it will make it that much more fun to understand who is playing who.
0: So I'll let you go, Ed, but thanks for joining us and giving us a little bit of context and what we can expect from Historical Roast. I think it's going to be awesome, and if you go to the Historical Roast Twitter account, you get add Historical Roast. You can find some photos they've already posted of, as you mentioned, John Stamos as John Wilkes Booth, Bob Saget as uh, Abraham Lincoln, just to name a few, Nikki Glaser as Kurt Cobain. To me, it's a layup, and there's just endless content, endless targets that you can go, and once familiar the audience to this concept. I think the possibilities are endless. I think this is the type of thing where second go-around, once it's proof of concept is out there, you're gonna have celebrities and actors and comedians beating down your door to play a specific character on the next one. Because, you know, celebrities have their historical figures that they're a fan of that or the, the genre that they're a fan of, where they would do anything. They would take a pay cut, they would, you know, move their schedule around to play person X because they have always loved that person. You know, you know, there's always obviously celebrities and comedians who are big wrestling fans i bet you they'd be beating down their, your door to roast hulk hogan or whoever and vice versa so dude congratulations may 27th uh not set your dvrs just turn on your tv it's netflix you know where to find it watch it at your leisure watch all six watch one a day who cares and then may 29th comedy store what's the best way to get tickets for that do they sell out in advance should they just come to the door um, and how can they find out about future dates as well where do they follow you guys
1: Best thing to do is just follow at Historical Roast on Instagram and at Fictional Roast on uh, Instagram as well. That's our sister show. We roast fictional characters. So go to thecomedystore.com. Get your tickets for that May 29th at 10:30 p.m. We're roasting Mother Teresa, and then that Sunday, June 2nd, we're right back up with a fictional roast. We're roasting Pixar right before Toy Story 4 comes out. So uh, go uh, check out Dynasty Typewriters website. We'll be we'll be selling tickets for that as well. But yeah, thank you Scott for having me. Uh, it's it's exciting to talk to it uh, talk to you about it and uh Hopefully, your listeners have a good time watching us roast dead historical figures.
0: Awesome. And I am uh, proud of you, brother. Proud of what you guys are doing. I'm definitely going to check it out. And we will celebrate and we will talk to you about it again on June the 22nd, Hollywood Improv. Myself, Derek Kaczynski, who you met. We're only announcing two guests so far. we got Veronica Portillo is going to be in the house. Alton Williams is going to be in the house. And Eddie Firth, who's on the line right now, will be introducing us and chatting with you guys throughout the meet and greet. Eddie, we'll see you on Melrose on the 22nd. Until then... I'm sure you're busy, man. Good luck with it, and we'll talk soon.
1: Awesome, man. Thank you, Scott. I can't wait.
0: Los Angeles, California. It is time for Challenge Mania Live to return to Southern California. And we heard you this time, we're not coming back to the Brea Improv, even though that's a great club. We're coming back. To The heart of Hollywood, California. The Hollywood Improv on Saturday, June 22nd. We're bringing with us MTV legends Veronica Portillo and Alton Williams. That's right, we found Alton. And also NFL All Pro linebacker and Champs versus Pros alum Sean Merriman. That's right, lights out in the house as well. What a panel we'll have on stage at the Hollywood Improv on Saturday, June 22nd, with myself and Derek. It's a 3 p.m. meet and greet and a 5 p.m. live show, and you can get tickets to all of it at challengemania.la we will see you in hollywood on saturday june 22nd all right oh yeah yeah there he is eddie firth yeah he's got wandering eyes yeah that eddie firth he's got eyes for elizabeth there he is man my childhood buddy eddie firth huge wrestling fan really funny cat and i mean look their hard work is paying off historical roast netflix memorial day Don't even, I would say, like, set your alarms, set your calendars. You know how Netflix works. When you turn on Netflix on Memorial Day or the next day, it'll be over there. Search for it if you need to. Check it out. Six episodes. If it's anything like the live shows they're putting out at the Comedy Cellar on a monthly basis, these shows are hysterical. And I know that Jeff Ross and the hilarious minds that are now a part of it, along with Eddie and his partner, Ryan, are going to put together something that is just going to be knock your socks off. So check it out. Speaking of knock your socks off. About to knock your socks off with a clip from our War Room episode with our good friend, Emily Longoretta. Uh We had a fun chat with her towards the end of the podcast about uh, Avengers Endgame. And uh, what's funny is that, you know, when you hear D and my thoughts about something like a movie like this, we just come from completely different worlds. You know, like I'm the guy, I go to see this movie, I listen to five podcasts leading up to it, five podcasts afterwards, I read all the blogs, I got all the inside info, all the, all the what's this mean, what's that mean. D just goes to see a movie and just like just experiences it. I don't mean this in like a bad way, but like the same way like a 13-year-old just like experiences it. So you get my thoughts, you get Emily, who's a professional television critic, but obviously loves movies as well. Television journalist, I should say. I don't know if she's necessarily a critic, but yeah, she's a critic and uh, has a mind for these things. And then D, and we break down Avengers Endgame. It's a really fun chat. This t- took place after like a two-hour chat about the Challenge War of the Worlds over at the War Room at uh, patreon.com slash challengemania. And uh, it's a fun chat, so I wanted to include it here because I know some of you guys have been begging us to talk about Endgame. We never did it on a big challenge mania episode. So here we go. Without further ado, myself Emily Longaretta from Us Weekly and Derek talking about Avengers Endgame. Oh yeah, Avengers. Yeah, Captain America. Yeah, you got Wandering Eyes. Yeah. I love uh, uh, um, oh. Let's get to a couple buzz, buzzfire, rapid fire, buzzfire questions, and then we'll <laughs> we'll get fire. out of here. Um, Andrew, looking at who's left, did you guys think this is who we would still see in the game at this point? So I'll reframe it. Who that's still in the game most surprises you to see in this final? I know, Emily, you just said they all deserve it. But let's go back a little further before we knew what we knew about these competitors. Who are you like, wow, wouldn't have pegged them for a final?
2: I'm going to say Devon. Well, wait, she's not in the final. No,
0: but no, 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 that that doesn't need to be the caveat. So that's a fine answer. (laughs) How far
2: she made it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And Georgia. I would also say Georgia. Just because seeing in the beginning the first thing we the first impression we get of Georgia, she's like this big party girl. If you didn't watch the other show that she was on, like which I didn't, I had no idea who she was. She's a party girl. She's like cooking up with Bears. She's all over the place. I'm like, all right, she's she might be a good competitor sometimes, but like she could be hung over, I don't know. So I had like no idea what to expect. And then the minute challenges started happening, I was like, Wow, this girl can pull her weight and she knows what's going on.
3: So she was hooking up with Bear before this this show.
2: No, 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 no. I mean, in the beginning when she started. Oh, hooking up I
3: thought with him. I thought she was like on Love Island with him or, or Jordy Shore or something like that. Um, yeah, no, at, at, that that would be my 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 takeaway too. Is Georgia was at the beginning, she was like the she eventually became Ninja Georgia. Like she right. was she was like the silent killer. Like every episode, she, she, every time she downplay her talents, like she, she has to have some sort of athletic ability because she's pretty damn good at this stuff. You know what I mean? But at the beginning, you, you couldn't peg her as like, you know, this is the one that's going to make it to the end. It wasn't like, you know, with Maddie, we were like, oh yeah, she's good. A ninja. Yeah, she's good. You know, we they were like one and two. You know, off our draft board, right off the bat off our rookie draft board, right off the right off the bat, because, you know, we just we we saw that in them. You know what I mean? But Georgia,
2: we see we see these people always in the gym. We see them, you know, they show them all working out like cars running like miles a day. And we're like doing all this. And then you see, yeah, Georgia, like hanging out with everybody. And it's like, okay, she's here for a vacation, which we see a lot. And she they have a good time. I would never expect that she would like really bring her game.
3: And she was wearing Bears shirt at the end of this episode.
0: Kyle says Scott no Georgia, Georgia with another good soundbite about swinging at the Christmas party. 100. percent. I love that line. Yes, possible commentary of the year nominee. 100 percent nominee. But man, her and Davon, both of them having great seasons with the commentary. Not even just on the female side, but in general, um, just unbelievable from both of them. I don't know. I mean, who's been better? It's hard to decide. But Georgia's absolutely hysterical. So is Davon. But oh my God. Georgia's my favorite person in the world. I think she's just on... Un- she's because I mean, it's unbelievable that she's that good, and she was damn good. Ninja Georgia, you saw it, and that I mean, she is. I mean, one of my favorite movies, two of my favorite movies growing up were Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch. I was a huge Guy Ritchie fan. Those, are, of course, the movies that brought us the legend known as Jason Statham. I love, I, like, I love just like British, just, just you know, slang and just – and she's just great. She's just funny and just – the thing about swinging, uh, you know, the last time I swung on a rope blade or swung on something was that Christmas decoration. Hysterical. Just like – I don't know if Wes is writing the stuff for her or not, but – oh, man.
2: But I don't know.
0: davon has been killing it all season. My Dave Davon also is just – Hilarious to everything The reactions that she gives During other people Because like Georgia (laughs) is great About internalizing and just like You know adding texture to her Moments Davon does that too But Davon is also the perfect Like straight man or straight woman For like you know When Turbo and Hunter are going at it And then you just get like Davon's facial reaction Or Davon's comment Like perfect Unbelievable what a funny show we watch here, guys! It's, it's so good.
2: I feel like also I have we have to point out before we were talking about the people we were surprised by. I have to also point out that I feel like every big competitor, well, a lot of big competitors, went home so early that we almost like forgot that they were there. Like I feel like the first three weeks it was like that, that, that going home, and then like I thought after partners switched, I was like, this is going to be Nani's season. Nani's going to dominate now. And then it's like, oh, where did Nani go? She went home because of a tape challenge that she did nothing. Oh, we've talked about that at length.
0: Yeah, but she
3: still didn't have this, like, amazing season. You know what I mean? It's like I I know that, like, she's a big fan favorite and stuff like that. Um, And I, I believe she may have been to a final or two. Here we go back talking to the finals again. She may have been to a final or two, you know, that stuff matters. You know what I mean? Like when you yeah, talk yeah. about, you know, a competitor in the grand scheme of things, you know, um, you know, do I see her running a final for the win uh, against, you know, a Pauly or a Turbo? Polly's not even in there. A Turbo or a Theo, I mean, the, the borderline Olympic athlete guy, <laughs> you know, like, you know, or even against Cara, like, you know, you got to. You have to be in pretty good shape to make it make it to the end of one of these things, you know, and, uh, uh you know, tonight, you know, Paulie fucking gassed out, you know, he, he he gassed out. And and but you know who is going into the final, Scott, they said it, Hunter, the reigning champion, the reigning champion, Scott, you heard it tonight on MTV, the reigning champion is going to defend his title.
0: Next week. No, he is. He did what he had to do to get there.
2: <laughs> Which wasn't much.
0: Yeah, but I mean, besides. I'm going mean, to say
2: it. He made it. It doesn't matter. He made it. But He it's has just, a shot.
0: You know? Yeah,
2: absolutely. But I'll He's say, a step further than we are. <laughs> and I'll say,
0: to bring it full circle, to just to go back to what I was saying, is that assuming Hunter does not win, right? And if he does, then then great. And I will remember that for the rest of my life. Assuming Hunter does not win, next January I will more remember Paulie on this season than I will Hunter. That's all I'll say. Um okay, my medal of honor is going to Davon. Dishonorable discharge, is there someone to give that to? I mean you kind of, you know, it sucks to to say because, you know, such a galleon effort, but uh, you know, Pauly maybe gets it here. Maybe D it's hard to pick someone to get this here. So it's gotta be one of them. We give a dishonorable discharge as well. Emily, who would you give that to? It doesn't necessarily have to be dishonorable in the literal sense. It's just kind of the opposite of the medal of honor. Um I mean, I, I mean, guess, I can't,
2: I can't give it to Pauly for everything he did this season. So I, and he didn't like quit neither yeah. did D, but I, I think D D lost more because she was super confident and she went in a hundred percent and gas out. So I I've got to give it to D
0: what about turbo for just like really just the negativity when D's losing and he just had to remind everyone once again, like that's what happens <sighs> when you mess with me.
2: Yeah. He's scary. I can't understand most of the stuff he's saying. I'm not going to lie, but he is so scary and everyone knows now if he comes back to another challenge, like, his word, like he, you, you, literally cannot screw him over. He holds a grudge for the longest time ever.
0: Yeah, his brand is loyalty, for sure. All right, D, dishonorable discharge for you. I'm,
3: I'm giving it to Ninja Natalie for losing the Ninja game.
0: And, oh, that's a good one. And, and
3: giving up, and giving up her crown, giving up her crown, and the Ninja name, the Ninja moniker
0: to Ninja Georgia. Okay. That's good. Okay. Um, All right. Real quick, uh, Emily, did you see Endgame Avengers? I
2: did. I loved it.
0: You loved it, right? Great. Yep. Did you cry?
2: Um, The whole second half.
0: The whole (laughs) second half you cried. Holy cow.
2: I'll say my boyfriend and I went together, and I'm not kidding. There was, like, just a whole thing of tissues on the floor at the movie theater at the end, and we were, like, hysterically laughing because we just both cried so much.
0: That's amazing. So you no. approved of everything. There was nothing you would have went without. I have one one kind of qualm and one question. Dee okay, and I well, are I'll tell talk you about... that I
2: had a lot of problems with it. You did, it. okay. I did, I did, yes. I will say that. But, I I mean, I'm not, like, a m- huge Marvel buff where I could, like, have sat spoiler through the 22 movies. Spoiler alert, by
0: movies. the way. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Avengers. Yeah. Spoiler alert. By the way, okay, so if you want to turn this off now, we're going to talk a little bit about Avengers and Game of Thrones, and then so I'll tell everyone so you can turn off if you don't like those things or you haven't seen them. Our third guest for Challenge Mania Live Hollywood is... NFL All-Pro linebacker, current television analyst, the owner of Lights Out brand, Lights Out Extreme Fighting, Mr. Sean Merriman, who is an alumni of the first season of Champs vs. Pros, former San Diego Charger, who are now the L.A. Chargers. He's going to be in the house with us at the Hollywood Improv. I could not be more excited about this. D, I know you could not be more excited about this. We're going to be announcing that formally tomorrow with everybody, along with the general on sale, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 p.m. Pacific time. A lot of these tickets are already gone, but so you guys know you have a few more hours patron only pre-sale Veronica Alton, Sean Merriman lights out is what they call him. Amazing guests. D. I know you're thrilled. awesome. Yeah. D I am. I'm very <laughs> excited. We're going back to Hollywood and we're
3: actually going to be in Hollywood and not La, La Brea. Um, La Brea
0: is in Hollywood. Brea is not. Yeah, I mean Brea, Brea. It's confusing because La Brea yeah. is a street in Hollywood and Brea is a level just, town. I just, I not just remember
3: Hollywood. driving out to Brea and that sun just, uh, just beaming sun in traffic on our way out there and trying to corral Cyrus, uh, and, and get him going. It, it was, uh, just, I don't know, man. It, it's good. It's good to be just in Hollywood. I feel like a lot of people are going to,
0: a lot of people are yeah, to turn up. Exactly. I, I and this thing's going to sell out quickly. I have I cannot stress this enough. Guys, we've been doing big rooms. The Brea room is massive. It's like 400, 500 people. We took your guys' input. You guys were like, hey, it's too far. You should come to L.A. We're doing the world-famous Hollywood improv. That comes with a caveat. The capacity is like 200 people. So we did 300 people in Chicago, 300 people at the last New York show. This show is going to sell out. Do not wait. We're only going to announce for now Veronica Alton and Sean Merriman. That's it. That's all you're getting. But guess what? It's Los Angeles. I'd be shocked if a dozen people did not show up and hang out with us at this show. I don't know who it's going to be. Don't ask me. Don't wait. It will sell out long before you find out another name. Do not wait. Okay, guys, if you have not watched Avengers Endgame or you don't care, if you're the one person, if you're the one person who does not watch Game of Thrones, although there are a lot of people who message us and say we don't watch Game of Thrones, turn it off now. Go on YouTube. Start watching highlights of Sean Merriman at Maryland or on the Chargers or maybe on the Bills. He had like a couple of good years on the Bills, but two time all pro linebacker on the uh, San Diego Chargers called him lights out for a reason. Go watch some highlights of him. If not, stay on the line. Okay, what were your qualms with Avengers Endgame, Ms. Longaretta?
2: Well, I will I want to preface this by saying that I am not the kind of fan who watched all 22 movies. Right before, I wish that I could say oh. that I was, but I'm not. So, my boyfriend did that. He paid the <sighs> 130 and went to the movie theater. It was crazy. Oh, wait, uh, he awesome. watched them
0: all before?
2: Yeah, so there there was like a package at Select Theaters. I think it was like 12 theaters around the country that aired all 22. Straight, so overnight, all oh, wait, people but, could bring sleeping Have you like, seen them over bags. the years? I've seen them all over the years.
0: Ah, okay, so I misunderstood. Okay, got it.
2: Yes. So a lot of people watched them all before. I was not that fan. However, that said, I don't have the best memory in the world, but I did not need a but that many different timelines and that many different things thrown in in that way. I thought they made it overly complicated to a point where things could have come across easier than they did. I understood it, and I've seen it, and I want to see it again, and I loved it. But I thought that three hours was not—I didn't think that was necessary. I think it could have been a little shorter. They could have cut some stuff out. They could have kept some, cut some filler. And I'm going to say right now, Fat Thor, not my thing. That was my main qualm. <laughs> I honestly, what? okay, here's my That's thing my about favorite. Here's my, favorite my thing about about whole movie.
0: here's my thing about Fat Thor. Here's my thing about Fat Thor. I would have been okay with it as a sight gag for one scene. Give right me the, in the scene. Yes. Give me the scene with Korg <laughs> and the video games. Maybe have him show up to Avengers headquarters like that. Then oh. snap your fingers and go back to normal Thor. I cannot believe he went the whole movie as Fat Thor.
2: And he's My thing was, ah. that's not, that's not the character. And for me, it was he, at one point when he like, you know, finally got his hammer and his beard went braided. I was like, awesome. Here we go. And he was still fat. I was like, no, that should have been the moment where everything was changed.
0: Here's the other thing, guys. And I might get shit for saying this, but you guys made Thanos look real. You made a war between a million superheroes look real. You made time travel look real. You made a fucking raccoon look real. You did not make Chris Helmsworth fat look real. It did not look real. It, I, I, you showed him with his shirt off. He had like the whatever it was the the that yeah, was bad the appendage fat and whatever you showed too much of him or whatever it and the the beard honestly I'm not gonna I lie was gonna say fake the
2: beard didn't the it, it beard didn't so, match his hair it
0: looked so fake it looked like somebody dressed up like the dwarf from Lord of the Rings for Halloween I just did not honestly it did not look good for me it looked like an SNL sketch and I thought it dumbed down the movie a little bit I really do. I'd agree. I'd agree. I don't. I don't. I don't, I thought it was almost the best part of the damn movie. Well, that's why you and me co-host a podcast, cause we are so different in that way. Just yeah, like Game that's of Thrones, Game of Thrones episode two, which was a bunch of people sitting by a fire, nighting people and having conversations. I loved, you hated. Uh, episode three, which was a 90 minute battle in the dark. I had a bunch of problems with, you loved it. So, you know, we go back and forth on these things, which is great. Yeah. Look, it took it from like a 10 to a 9.9 for me. In the same vein, I actually did like, uh, what do they call him? Professor Hulk. Which to me saved that character for me. I always hate the Hulk because I see, feel. See, I did like, not like that either. See, I like that because it allowed there to be the Hulk with. Like Mark Ruffalo coming through and like him not having to be annoyingly angry and the, cause I hate like annoying angry Hulk who like can't have a conversation and is kinda of like screws everything up. He can't control okay. you so like it. So you like it. You like a guy just Until
3: he gets things. mad until until he finally gets mad and then ruins and then messes up the whole game.
2: Yeah. See that's he, my thing is that's part of the character. I don't like that. That's the whole point. If he's just already that, what's the point? Here's what I, here's what
3: I loved about the, the, about the, the new Hulk, the new Hulk, the, the more prestigious looking Hulk and more calm Hulk is that it gave me a little bit of a beast feel and beast growing up was one of my, was one of my favorite characters. He was the blue guy. He was smart. He could like, you know, he he was like a gorilla. He could like jump from this. He was like he was like an awesome superhero. And one of the first X-Men movies, he was like locked up in a cage, hanging down upside down, reading a book. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, this guy is so cool. And then they, they they dummied him down like he was just like they turned him into like this nerd instead of the beast that he's supposed to be. You know, I don't even like I don't, I don't like the, the 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 later on beast. He's like too skinny and like
0: dorky. I'm not and a just... huge fan of the Nicholas Holt beast. I'll be honest. So, yeah, with you're me. right. Yeah. So so wait, what'd you say? The the new you're talking about the one in the the new younger X Men movies played by Nicholas. Yeah, I don't Hulk. even
3: I don't even like I don't I don't remember the Hulk like that, or the beast like that. I remember him a little bit hulky, a little bit smarter, not as dumb as like Hulk Hulk Mad. You know, um I don't you know I don't remember him like that. I just thought that. They never turn the beast character into the beast. You but know what I But here's the thing.
0: Guys, we're doing a movie where you have to put the Hulk in like a, uh, a spandex suit and send him in a time machine. You can't have him going nuts like that. So it's got to be believable that he could do this stuff. Of course. And I'll be honest, like, I don't love just having boring ass Bruce Banner around for like 90 percent of a movie like we did in uh, Infinity War. <laughs> so I like that we got like the aesthetics of like Green Hulk, but we got like the character development and the plot thickening of having a person who can actually do stuff and not some idiot ape who just runs around breaking shit. So I kind of right. like for this movie, I liked it.
2: I agree hundred percent. I have another complaint about the Hulk before we even move on because I feel like this is of something I know women probably would be on my side with this with the, the storyline of the big death that happened in halfway through he threw a, he threw a bench like into the water first, the bench never made a sound. There was no, there was no sound when the bench landed that bothered me. Second, we never got closure on that relationship. That should have been, that should have happened. That yeah, relationship. Thought,
0: did it ever fully happen though?
2: No, no, yeah. but I think it should have, I think there should have been something. Why was she paired up with what's his name? I didn't Hawkeye? care about him. It's yeah, either Hawkeye Hawkeye. Or
0: Ronan or Renner or whatever. It's like, wait that a minute. Was weird.
2: Hold on. Hold on. I even
3: looked at my son and I was like, I thought that, um, and this was kind of weird too, but I, I did it anyway. Because at some point I'm going to have to talk to my son about this stuff.
0: Uh, you asked I'm like, your son about sex. You're like, son, no, are they no, having no. sex?
3: No, no, no. <laughs> I said, wasn't, I was like, wasn't, uh, um, wasn't Hulk supposed to, in, uh, and, uh, and, and Black Widow, like, have like a relationship? So. I asked him that and he was like yeah I think so but but in the in the movie it was bl- black widow and what hawkeye that but they were kind were of had not, a thing right nah, no no really. I guess
2: it was like brother yeah. and sister but it was weird cuz it was a little bit more than that it was a little strange to me I didn't like the I didn't like the whole atmosphere of it it bothered me that we didn't get any closure I wanted at least just a moment of a look or something but we didn't get anything
3: so, so it led me it led me to the whole gene gray which that movie's coming out and Wolverine and Cyclops love triangle. Right. Um,
2: that
3: makes sense. So I, that's how that's how I had to dummy it back down to my son. I was like, yeah, you know, this happens sometimes. I'm like I'm like, you know, like Jean Gray and uh, Wolverine, and he's like, she's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, he was she was married to uh Cyclops or whatever. I was like, Yeah, yeah, it's like it just happens in superhero movies. And but here's the thing I like about superhero movies too, is like I like that Wolverine like fucking drinks Jack Daniels. You know what I mean? Like I like that uh, you know that Thor's in there,
0: fucking like depressed and uh, yeah. But there's uh, a way to convey that other than putting him in a literal fat suit.
3: Yeah, I, I, I'm just saying. I I like that. You know, some of these superheroes like I crack a beer every now and then and kick ass. Wait, it makes I them like human. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even though they're not because they're 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 super. Like they have superpowers. Um, they're mutants. Um, but I I like that stuff. And my favorite part about Thor Ragnarok. It was that scene where, you know, they're in the arena and, like, Thor's going to go out there with his two buddies that we saw in this movie. That that was probably one of my favorite favorite parts of the movie, too, was his two buddies, the, like, Sloth sloth, and that other guy. What's that other guy's name with the English accent? Scott, you could probably do a great Thor's buddy with the English accent. Oh, Korg? Who? Korg. What's his name? Korg. What was he saying to Thor. Oh, what kind of video games are they playing? Oh,
0: Fortnite. It's, it's New Zealand. He's from New Zealand. He, he's, 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 he's voiced by, uh, Taka Waititi, who directed Thor Ragnarok.
3: Oh, you can't do it. He's, he's got this like, he's got this like little man it's, voice yeah, it's, and it's, it's so Ze- like... It's New Zealand. Yeah. I fucking love that guy and the Kog. sloth. Yeah, it's Coke.
0: Yeah, and they're over there. They're just hammered. Sorry. And they're oh, just no, like, Three kids. Yeah. No, he's great. Yeah. That, the guy who voices Korg directed Thor Ragnarok. That's a little tidbit oh there for God. you, D. Um, oh God, so
4: I,
1: I want to ask
0: you all, who was your MVP of this movie, whether you want to look at it from an actor or character standpoint? I have one that jumps out at me. Um, who do you think was the MVP of this movie?
2: I mean, I'm going to go with the obvious, I think, but uh, because he's been a favorite of mine since the beginning, I'm going to go with Iron Man.
0: Good. He sacrificed you take the, himself you for take, everyone else. Yeah, you take the obvious so I can I'll go with- I'll take
2: the obvious one.
0: Yeah. Um, so for me, I, I think that you cannot have this movie that hinges on this absurd time travel plot and also tying everything together with the like the five years going by- both plot wise, but also conversationally without the brilliant work of Paul Rudd's Ant-Man in this film, because he is to me playing the part of Scott Yeager, Derek Kaczynski, Emily Longoretta, and the millions of people watching this movie at home who are thinking like, what the fuck about all of this, you know? And although he's a superhero who has had like his like little things going on in his old, old movies and he is, you know, he gets all this stuff and he's gone in the quantum realm and he understands it. He's also like befuddled by a lot of the scope of this. He doesn't, he wasn't there for Thanos. He doesn't like know all this stuff and he's grounded in a little bit of like sarcasm and realism and this, that. And I thought he was like such a great addition to the dynamic of, all of the scenes he's in in this movie. You know, obviously our DJ is great and the Iron Man is great. And as far as the way that this movie is constructed, yes, he's the, the bookend hero of not just this, but the entire 22 movies we're talking about. But for me, this movie works well because a lot of the stuff that is kind of clunky, like the, you know, when they're just like breaking down this time travel thing and Paul Rudd's like interjecting with the, talking about the, oh, it's sort of like back to the future and this and that, like a lot of that, is, like, enjoyable because of him, in my opinion. Totally,
2: I'd agree with that, and I also, I'm not a huge Ant-Man fan. I wasn't, like, the character in general just never grabbed my attention. He's great, I love Paul Rudd, but I was never a huge fan, and I feel like this movie, like, made me be like, oh, I like him a lot, because it was necessary. It was necessary for someone to be like, none of this makes fucking sense, and I just gotta call it out that, like, maybe we're all superheroes, but I don't get it. Like, I liked that.
3: Well... In comparison, in comparison uh, to the Game of Thrones war, um, I'm going to to say that, first and foremost, the hour and a half Game of Thrones war was better than the three-hour, um, 16 comic books all in one movie for what? three hours was better than the endgame war. Uh, and I think that the MVP, just like um, Game of Thrones – for me was the red woman it is going to go to captain marvel miss marvel in oh. this one
2: Ugh. i feel
3: i feel like oh, she can show up listen she can show up yeah okay guys look listen the easy answer is captain america and iron man saved the world got it got it i got it i got it even though the, everyone played a, a major role but you can't tell me that captain marvel didn't just like show up At, like, random times.
0: That's exactly what it felt like. Save the place. Precisely what you just said.
2: Because (laughs) she can do that. It's exactly what... Yes, she's physically more powerful than all of them. Like, totally. Like, she could have taken all that down by her own. She was shoehorned into this
0: movie. Literally shoehorned into this movie before they even filmed her movie. The (laughs) actors who played this part did not even know what the character was. She is literally just a person coming in and out of these scenes... And no, I do not. But look again, just D- like
3: the red woman, just like the red woman. Oh, you need oh, you geez. need someone to come save the day? Sure. Hey, well, I, it, it, they're like, hey, where, where were you sooner? She's like, I was out saving other planets. Like, yeah, uh like I can't save every planet. Get me everywhere at one time. I'm pretty good, but you know. Like, weren't
2: they like, weren't they like, oh, we haven't seen you in all 22 movies. That's weird.
0: I've never wanted both (laughs) both Emily and Derek's opinion on something in my life more than this shot that I loved. But I've talked to your fella about this and he hated this. And I wondered if it's because you hated it, too. (laughs) I love the, the like gratuitous pandering to the audience shot where they cut to all the women supporting Captain Marvel and they're all kind of marching together. And it's like the, you know, women's power <laughs> shot of, you know, all of them in one shot. I like that. Now, a lot of people didn't. They think it's fan service. What did you think about it, Emily? And D, did you even notice it? About what? Oh, the girl power stuff.
2: Um. All right. So I I haven't tweeted about this because I don't want to get like the attack of this. I didn't think it was necessary. The women in this movie were extremely powerful, as were the men. It's a superhero movie. All the superheroes are awesome, totally. But how how like strong Captain Marvel is? She comes in and she literally like like Dee said, she can do anything. Like she can run this on her own. Sure. To to flash to like. Here's Spider-Man. I'll help you. And here's all these powerful women. Was it cool to see a scene with all them in one shot? Absolutely. Awesome. But was it necessary? No, I don't need it shoved down my throat. The women are just as strong as the men. We got it.
0: I thought, and this might just be me being a simpleton man who like is like completely just the target audience for this. But like when they show all these women and you look at it and you're kind of like, wow, like there are a bunch of amazingly Dynamic female superhero characters that they've woven into this, whatever. And I'm like, this is badass. I guess what you're saying is, like, no need to have a shot for that. That's just how it should be. You don't Exactly. Like, you don't, like, need to show me all the women on one screen. There could just also be women. There could just also be a lot of women. How about we forget that an hour earlier you killed the one woman Avenger. You had her sacrifice <laughs> exactly. herself for the nine guys. Yeah. Don Cheadle. <laughs> Don Cheadle couldn't have sacrificed himself. We had like, to kill literally. the one woman. literally, are you woman. kidding? Yeah. No, I get it. So, like, I kind of fell <laughs> for it hook, line, and sinker. I just, I can't go back in time and not get goosebumps from it. I did enjoy that shot. No, and it did. Um,
2: did the audience erupt when I saw it? Absolutely. And I saw it at a press screening with all press. So it was cool to see that every press person was cheering. And did I, did I like it? Did I get goosebumps? Yes. Of course I had that feeling of like, that's cool. But when I thought about it, I was like, that's annoying.
0: Uh,
3: Dee, what did you think of the shot? I, I, I vaguely remember it. I was just like, <laughs> oh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. Like all the girls are together, right? That's what yeah. it was. Like, what did she do? What did she do th- to make that happen? Like what? What was the moment?
2: I mean, it really like wasn't anything. It was Spider-Man was like holding, holding the glove and didn't know what to do. So he yeah. was like standing there. Captain Marvel was like, I'll take it. And then all the girls reunited behind her. Yeah. yeah. She's
0: got, a, she's got a backup or something. Yeah. I think this is, the is
3: line. this just sounds like a women. This sounds just like a women's, like, like I, like like I'm a dude that can't comment on this. That's how I feel, you know, <laughs> all right, you're not taking like the I need to just stay out of it because I'm the guy, listen, I'm the guy that shows up at the, at the, uh, um, for the extra credit paper during like, uh, the, the college week where they're like, it's like all the cultures are, are like having these like conferences and they're like rooms and stuff like that. And for extra credit, I got to go and like, you know, like listen to these things and you know, their little powwows for whatever it may be and I show up to you know all types of weird stuff and I'm like ah women's women's movement or women's rights or something like that is in room 104 at like 2 p.m that's the late time slot I have or do I go to this other one uh, I'm just gonna go to the women's one and they're in there and it's like you know women's empowerment I'm just like I'm like Do you know how, like, I don't, I don't get this. Like, I feel inferior to women all, like, there's so many women out there. Like, you are, I'm speaking to a woman of a higher power and stature than I am. Like, I don't, like, what, like, I don't, I'm that guy. I'm that guy. I knew this was something I should have asked. I will ask a group of women, the, the, you know, Look, I'm the first guy to be like, "Girl power, girl power, awesome, 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 dude, that's fucking awesome. Girls fucking kick ass." But then when I walk in a room and they're like, you know, shitting on guys and stuff like that, I'm like, "Excuse me, I'm like fucking Mister Nobody, and I don't even have a college degree." I, every woman out there, <laughs> higher than me, probably makes more money than me. Like, there's so many. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Like. You said it. You said, Emily, you're like, you don't have to throw it in my face. You said it. I'm just going off of what you said. You should totally. probably say no, everything I no that I said here, Scott. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, sometimes, man, it's like guys get, guys get screwed too uh, mm-hmm. in certain situations. I mean, you know, I went through a court system where you know, the child goes to the mother because she's the mother. And then I got. I go just want
0: to know <laughs> if you like the superhero shot in the I superhero movie. I love Dude. the
3: superhero shot. I love the superhero shot. But you want to know something, Scott? I have a Marvel poster in my son's room, and it's got all of the cool superheroes, guys and girls. Right. But I, but if it's all, you know, but it's still a cool shot. It's like, you know, who doesn't like to see? You know, I put up a picture of me and Veronica at the VMAs. People fucking loved it. It's like, you don't see Derek and Veronica from Road Rules on a, you know what I'm saying? Like if we caught, you know, Jamie Chung and, you know, Dave Gentoli, we would be like, oh, fucking sick. You know what I mean? Or, but, but at the same time, like, you know, we saw like Ruthie and Anissa at the GLAD Awards and stuff like that. Like I, that's still a rare. Like you see Ruthie in anything these days, you're like, oh my gosh, dude, that's, so old school, you know, she never comes out. You know, it's like I'm trying to get on a podcast for like, you know, 25 years.
0: <laughs> um, I'm leaving this entire thing in today. Yeah, erase all of it. All of it. staying. Um, I, will, I
2: will, I will, I will. I want to bring up one more point because I want to know for people that haven't read about this. I actually read about this today that the director said that there will be a character that's going to be coming out as either bisexual or gay or lesbian in a few in the future and it could be a character we already met well, that's so we'll not throw that they're out not because i'm excited
0: well they're not including valkyrie who is i think has, right because it's been spoken about right Right,
2: but i don't think she right i don't think that's because that's already out there it's, so someone it's not new. valkyrie
3: are right. you kidding me deadpool's totally fucking bisexual
0: uh, i don't think you're talking about him either but why is this like a – yeah, I don't know. I, first and I feel of all, the
2: same way about that. I don't care. Like, I don't want it, – yeah. He might not thing. Yeah, why does this he might have to not be
0: news? Be. You know, it's like totally. – it, And why do you have to use it as like a dun-dun-dun, you know? I right. think what's cool about the Valkyrie thing, if that is a thing, is that there's no reason that for that character it would have to like be this flashy part of her essence. It's just like – you, you, from what I've read from like Tessa Thompson, it's just like part of the backstory she's created for the character. That's like, she believes her to be bisexual or I think a lesbian. I, I don't know what it is, right. but it's like, but it's that, yeah, like that never comes up in end game. Cause I don't think anyone has time for any frolicking in end game. So there's no reason we should know for sure about anyone other than like Pepper pots and and uh, RDJ, right, of course. you know, so it's like there's no reason we should know this stuff. So I don't know that this whole like kind of teasing us that we're going to find out about that. You know, it's kind of I don't know. It's great. I love that that, that, that's happening for representation. I mean, in comics, apparently, I, I'm not a huge comic book reader, but I feel like stuff like that has been happening for years. I feel like there's like a female Thor in the comics. Like there's just like, yeah. they're doing things with, you know, sexuality and sex in general and stuff that they do that. And they're, so they're kind of like decades behind the curve when it comes to that. And like, you know, uh, what's his name? Um, Falcon becoming Captain America. And I think there's actually a uh, Captain Marvel's friend's daughter becomes like a new Captain Marvel, apparently. yes. And she's Mm African-American. So it's like, you know, there's like... You know, there's a lot of like representation stuff going on in comics that if all that stuff like immediately translated the movies that we'd be in a great place now. But because we're in like the Stone Age when it comes to this stuff, they're still like advertising like in 2023, one superhero might not be a straight white male. We're not going to tell you who you'll have to find out. Tune in to find out who's not a straight white male. Who could it be? You know, it's like, really? This... Exactly.
2: Yep. That's, uh, but that's exactly, but that's, it, it all comes first full circle. That's how I feel about the women. Like, I don't need that. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, all the women are working together. Oh my gosh, let's get them in one scene. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, for the record, I do actually like the, the, the pick. Like, when you
3: saw all the girls there together and, fought, and, and, and Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel did like something awesome. I thought it was cool. <laughs> and yes. by the way, Did you just answer
0: my, did you actually just answer my initial question after 20 minutes of pivoting and talking about your class? What was it? Your extra credit class where you walked in on women's (laughs) rights and said, Hey guys, I went through a divorce. It's us men have it hard too. Stop with your women's rights bullshit. I don't need your extra credit. After all that for 40 minutes, you went on that tangent and now you're like, but actually before I go, I just want to say I did like that shot. That one and shot that you asked about initially. Um, okay, I think we ran out. We can't even talk about Game of Thrones. We've gone too long. But well, yeah,
2: I'll tell you guys right now. Yeah. I'm the one person. I don't. I don't watch. You don't watch and Game of
0: Thrones. Oh. Here's the thing. Oh. I thought we have talked about Listen, this before. I've,
2: we've talked about it. I've tried multiple times. As a TV writer, I know everything there is to know because I have to cover it. Um, but no, I do not. Enjoy, it's not my kind of show. I appreciate it for what it is. But Damien loves watch. it, right? He loves it. Yes.
0: Why do you, and so you, does he watch this in the other room?
2: Um, usually he gets home from work very late and I'm like half asleep and he just starts watching. Yeah. See, I'm not gonna lie. This is like the
0: most surprising thing I've ever heard.
2: Well, because I think anyone that works in the industry, it's tough because it is the biggest, especially this season is the biggest like TV event ever. And, but for me, it's just not my style. I can't get into it. I don't, I don't care about the people. And I know that's not, I don't know. I mean, it's just not my style. I don't, can't get into it.
3: Fair enough. For for another day, Scott, here's my last question. Here's my last question to you guys. And this is, this actually probably comes from my son more than anything. He goes, daddy, do you think that Iron Man is really dead? And I was like, yes. Oh, okay. Emily, do you think Iron Man is really dead? A
2: hundred percent
3: and cool. And, 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 and Captain America is no longer Captain America. He's an old man,
0: right? right. Yes. He's, an old, but, oh. but he's, I mean, he's an old version of Captain America.
3: Okay. So my, but my point is, and this is what I told him, I sure. go, I, I feel like no one is ever going to be dead with time travel. No right. one, exactly. right. no one will ever, no right. one's ever dead. You can just go back And just like Gamora did in the, and, and, and his blue, her blue sister, they like came back into the future. Thanos came back into the future and was Thanos from the past, but in the future, living in the future, like in the present. I mean, you know what I mean? They went and pulled Thanos from five years ago into, you know, a warp zone. And now look, Thanos is here. His head's
2: really not cut off. He's back. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's like, I think in these movies, it's like if you're watching like a vampire show or something, it's like in these movies, there's always the possibility of someone returning yeah. via time traveler via magic yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Deadpool Deadpool's about to do it with the X-Men. Well, exactly. Deadpool did do it in Deadpool 2. The whole thing of that movie was at the end of the movie, he goes back and saves his wife from dying. Right. Uh, but I will say to close it on this, I will say I do think that A, Robert Downey Jr. gets literally $50 million a movie. I think they're looking forward to moving on from that. And B, <laughs> I do think... That they do want us to believe the stakes of these things going forward, so they're they are a pro, I think going to pick like one or two people and actually ha- now granted they just killed Scarlett Johansson she's literally signed on to star in a Black Widow movie that apparently now is going to be a prequel so like right. what's it mean wow. are they de- so here's
2: the thing it means yeah. that Black Widow not dead no That's she's dead means. in the future yeah, yeah but, I think but she's not dead also- tomorrow. With the contract of Disney Plus and everything that's coming with that, which is a an entirely different conversation, I don't think any like of these characters are gone. I think that like there is a long term plan for everyone at this point,
0: including Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man.
2: If he would want to do it, I think it would end up being up did to him. Did you
0: see the Spider Man trailer that just dropped?
2: I did. I cannot wait.
0: I love those movies, but also they're they're clearly like. You know, getting a lot of mileage out of the death of Iron Man in this movie, of course. Um,
2: and I, but I think that's smart because I think it would impact him a lot. And I think if they didn't, it would it would seem off that they're not.
3: Yeah. What happens when Johnny Bananas dies on the challenge? I mean, not well, that literally just dies. Got real dark. He gets eliminated, <laughs> and CT gets eliminated. What happened? All that these happened other, with- <laughs> all these other cast members flourish. Now we got turbos and Theos and Ninja Georgias.
2: Yeah, I really I really like how you brought that back around. That was a really good
3: job. Ooh, ooh see? Maybe, <laughs> I, maybe I will have uh be a journalist one day. Uh but here here's 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 my last oh sorry, my last question is uh is is a, is uh MTV uh with a dog dying question. So back to bring it back bringing it back to the dark side. That's all right. But, uh, what, so what's what happened with that? Like so they finally dropped Janelle?
2: yeah so MTV completely kind of the dog they, yeah so they cut ties they don't want to say it's because of that but it's obviously happened after that but they stopped shooting with her actually like two weeks before that they shot their final episode with her so I think it was like in works for a while um and that kind of was like the nail in the coffin that her husband killed their dog um so they were having issues all season though with her because they can't shoot they can't film him at all and he threatens to come and like Interrupt set, so they can't even film at their house anymore. Why so can't they film like him?
3: Huge. Why couldn't they film him?
2: Um, they cut ties with him last year because he made all these like homophobic and racist comments, and they didn't want that to be associated with the show. Ultimately, the show is done. Like Team Mom in general has done really well for teen pregnancy. And it's like, ultimately people think it's bad, but it's not. It like has really like statistically wise changed things. So they don't want to be associated with someone that has, that makes these kind of comments. And that's the same thing that happened with this. They don't want to be associated with someone who's like killing their dog. And, you know, there's been like restaurants that have turned them away because of David. And so I think it was easier to just cut ties.
3: Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, I can't even watch the show. I wasn't able to, like, watch that show because of all the turmoil. You know, it just, yeah, it's, a, it's a lot. It, it, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I could watch it, but it's just like, you know, it brings, like, it's just.
2: Well, I will say <sighs> if you follow Jemmy on on Twitter, she's a huge Teen Mom fan, and mm-hmm. she live tweets the episodes and is amazing at that. And she has been rallying for uh, Tony and Madison Alyssa to join, and yeah. I would so be down for really that. Do you want to. I don't think so, but so I think don't.
0: Madison would. I be just good. saw Hold on,
2: hold on
3: guys, guys. I'm a, I'm, I'm going to be a journalist with you guys today. Let me read you a tweet. Sorry. This is like my uh this is like my my play of the day right here. This is what you guys do. I never do this. Okay. Tony says Coming from a tweet that uh Jemmy wrote. Jemmy writes me texting, DMing, emailing everybody I know at MTV to let them know that they dropped the ball by not casting Madison slash Tony to replace Janelle, but they can make it up to me by hiring them as Bristol's replacement. Tony Rain says with the quote, certain people with a lot of influence at MTV dislike me. So I can't ever see that happening. Plus due to legal reasons, it would not, it wouldn't be possible.
2: Interesting
0: wow
3: and so to you. I, you know i i'm thinking th- listen tony's obviously like one of the most one of the most controversial characters that the challenge has ever had i mean he's kind of got his shit together now you know yeah uh, it took some time but he's got the two kids he's got the baby mama drama from that side i'm sure he's probably got a little bit of baby drama,
2: mama drama on the inside. Yeah, and I mean world. they live in they live in different states, so I feel like it's also like it wouldn't be possible logistically because they'd have to do so much traveling back and forth. Like if Madison, like Madison it's would be the team mom. It.
0: But why, what, like guys? I'm sorry. Like I know you're saying like that show does a lot of good and and whatnot, but I mean from what I can tell, and I don't pry when it comes to this stuff. This is an area like I don't enter into. And Tony was recently on our show talking about other stuff, and he even kind of. You know, he he tiptoed into it a little bit. He said, for those who know anything about my situation, they know this and this, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't say, what do you mean by that? I, I don't think that cameras and a show like Teen Mom would help any scenario that I've I've read about him going through with Madison. I don't. No,
2: I think I think if there's anything involved with legal or with health uh, situations, I think less cameras the better. Yeah, and just less
0: association with. I, I'm. It might be a good version of exploitative, but it's it's certainly exploitative uh, content. Right. It know? would
2: honestly, it would all come down to if they wanted to do it. And if they wanted the money, because ultimately that's why a lot of the moms do it, because it is good money. So, and also that's just
0: uh, just because I'm unclear, because I'm not a fan of the franchise. So, teen no longer needs to mean that you are a teenager. What does teen mean if not okay, talking so, about teens?
2: Well, so. It was, teen mom was uh, created like following the girls who had kids on 16 and pregnant. So teen mom OG this year is turning 10. So that's 10 years of these moms being on the air. So we saw them when they got pregnant on 16 and pregnant. And now they're just.
0: But when someone like Cheyenne, who was never on that show, is on and she wasn't pregnant as a teen to begin with or now, What's the, is it just like, yeah, we're just kind of making it happen. Right.
2: That was kind of like, well, they're already in the MTV family. We have a slot to fill. People like her, people like Corey, it fit. And it worked because people love watching their story. So, no
0: and I and look, and I've gotten flack for for even mentioning it at all. Which is, no, I'm it's, sure a lot it's of people great. have mentioned it. And people
2: have asked me a lot I about it. I think their so.
0: daughter is adorable, and I think they seem like a lovely family. I'm just literally talking about the logistical complications of the well, title yeah, the of the teen. show. <laughs> yes, I'm just, and I'm not even, and I'm not even <laughs> knocking it. I'm just, I'm just trying to clarify. I didn't know if there was, if there needed to be like a tie-in, or they did technically need to get pregnant when they're teen, or or whether they just don't care at all. Oh, it's just a franchise, right? Like when just...
2: Bristol joined, it made sense because everyone was like, Well, she was like the original teen mom, like it was everywhere in the news when she got pregnant when she was a teenager. Where it's like Cheyenne got pregnant when she was like 23 or whatever, so it was a lot different. But yeah, I mean, that would be a question for MTV. I've asked that question, and MTV's kind of said the same thing to me that I just said to you guys, like you know, it just worked so. It is what it is,
0: I guess. Guys, we told you that not only would we cover this episode of Challenge Mania, we'd also talk about Avengers and Teen Mom. No, we didn't. That was extra. (laughs) That was way extra. So, Emily, thank you so much for joining us. Let's do this again. I know you're a busy gal. You're hitting the road a lot now. You're... Just coming back from Mexico, and I know you're traveling a lot this month, so enjoy this. I believe they just announced a six-part finale coming up, eight-part reunion. (laughs) And uh, come back and talk to us after we find out who won this thing in July. How's that sound?
2: I will come back any time. Thank you guys so much for having me. Did
0: you
3: go to the reunion?
2: You know, this is like the—I think this is the first one in like six years that I missed. Oh, I was going to say you went all the way out there? Are you kidding? Unless MTV was paying, I wasn't going to London. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um— I, got, I wish we could do this every week. Thank you so much.
0: All right, there you have it. That was a, that was a fun one. And that's what you get over at the War Room. It's more free-flowing. You know, when we have our guests on Challenge Mania, like when we have a Georgia or a Devon or a Nani. That's right, Nani's coming soon. ba 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 we want to interview them. We want to get their story. We don't necessarily have time to talk about Avengers Endgame, even though we did tack on a 30-minute Game of Thrones chat at the end of the Davon podcast. But we managed to throw that in over at the War Room. I want to make sure you guys got to hear it over here. So there it is. Um, as I mentioned, I'm going to keep hitting these dates because some of the reason I put together this bonus podcast was to continue to plug our live shows and other stuff we have going on. If you haven't been to challenge lately, we just dropped some killer cam gear, or if you're more queen cam, some queen cam gear, or if you like both, if you like the dichotomy, You know, if you like that she's a queen one day, she's a killer the next, depending on if she's in the elimination or not, we got one of those for you too. Support Cam Williams, support the podcast over at challengemania.shop. Also want to let you know we got some more exclusive pins coming your way. Our next one's going to be dropping soon. This one is... Awesome, brother. Trust me. It's great. You're going to love it. You're going to want to be a part of the patron only presale because these are limited to 100. Again, they're all numbered. The first pin sold out in three days. They come on these awesome card stocks that kind of fit the pin into it like a scene and then D and I sign them all numbered to 100. It's a collector's item. Once these sell out, they are gone. And then also, we have two designs that we're going to debut on the road. So you come to one of our live shows, Denver, LA, you can be the first person to rock one of these new Challenge Mania tees. Again, designs by our man, Craig Marrier, at Pan14. Let him know. He is the best designer in the business. He makes the posters that go to our VIP meet and greet ticket holders. He makes our VIP badges. He makes our merch. He's the man. Hit him up. He's at Pan14 on Twitter. He's at Pan14, spelled out on Instagram. Just send him a bunch of heart emojis. The guy's the best. He, re- he really is the best. And speaking of the best... Mark Long might be the best guest ever Live guest, podcast guest And we are going to be bringing Mark Long on the road with us One of these dates that we haven't really announced yet in detail But uh, he will be coming to one of our live shows soon in the fall But uh, he's one of my favorite podcast guests ever We had him last week on a bonus podcast If all patrons got it So if you're a patron, go listen to the almost two-hour podcast New updated chat with Mark Long Hear what he's been up to And some stuff he's been going through the last few months And you know, hear how much he is Still kind of a part of the challenge world And the calls he's still getting and how that stuff's working out. I implore you to go check that out. But Mark was our first ever guest on stage for Challenge Mania Live. I mean, now at this point, we've done New York twice. We've done Brea, a.k.a. Los Angeles. We've done Chicago. We've done Austin. We've done D.C. We've done Atlanta, Hot Atlanta. We're coming back. Don't worry. And we've had dozens of guests at this point. But our first ever guest on stage was Mark Long so i come out you'll get the flow of like what these things are you know i come out i bring d out then i bring one guest out then i bring next guest out third guest out by the end of it all the guests are on stage at once it's a live panel we end with a A. with this clip all you're getting is me then i bring out d then i bring out long now i might at some point release when Durrell comes out when emily comes out who knows Later in the year, as the months go on, I'm going to start releasing clips from last year's shows, you know, maybe a little bit from Boston, maybe a little bit from DC, who knows, but a year's gone by. I want you guys to feel, if you come to one of these shows, they're not going on iTunes right away, maybe a year later, you know? My goal is that a year from now, don't need to be doing this because you guys all just get it. You get what a Challenge Mania Live is, but I keep getting questions. What happens at these shows? What do you guys do? Is there a talk, blah, blah, blah? Now you're going to know. I did get some people who said they listened to this. They could only hear it through one headphone. Now, I think that's the way that Caroline's mixed the feed that they gave me. It's possible that happens. I apologize in advance. If you listen on a computer or through speakers, it should be fine, or it should only come through one of them, but you won't really notice as much. If you are listening on wireless headphones, just make sure, you know, sometimes, like, I only listen on one headphone. If that is the one headphone that this audio isn't coming through, it'll sound like nothing. So if when I introduce this clip, if you hear nothing then it's because it's coming through your other headphone. Just switch headphones, and I apologize for that. But uh, a year ago, when we were just recording this feed, I didn't know I was gonna be using it for anything, so I didn't really care, and the guy gave me the WAV file all loaded up on one side, and, and that's just how it's playing, I guess. But without further ado, this is a really fun clip. We have a lot of fun at these shows. Denver, oh yeah, I forgot. I gotta tell you more about Denver. Here's what we're doing in Denver. So in Denver, we have the live show. And people always ask, hey, do you guys do after parties? When we can, sometimes we've got places to be. Sometimes we're in a city where, where we can't really make it work. Sometimes our schedules don't permit. Sometimes, you know, it just doesn't work out. When we can direct you guys to go go congregate somewhere, enjoy a cocktail, maybe we can stop by, we try to do that. We try to set that up. We encourage it because, you know, we do have to get out of these comedy clubs so they can make something else happen in the show afterwards. But it's not something that's going to happen in every city. It's not a guarantee. It's not necessarily even part of the ticket package. You know, I don't want you guys to think that that I'm, you know, you're getting sold on, oh you know, I paid this amount, I did get an after party. I paid this amount, I didn't get an after party. It's not doesn't work like that. It's all gravy. Just so happens we know somebody in Denver who has an establishment who wants to host our official after party. So at Denver, at the end of the show, we are gonna migrate over to a right now unnamed establishment. But here's the deal. They can't fit 300 people in this establishment. So the only people who are going to get to come and party at this after party are the VIP meet and greet ticket holders. So make sure that if you have a GA ticket, maybe you upgrade to the VIP meet and greet ticket. If you have the VIP meet and greet ticket, you're good. But once those are sold out, they're gone because it's no offense. We just can't fit that many people at the after party. So if you do want to be a part of that, make sure you do get those tickets. However, don't consider that part of the price package. Here's what else comes with the VIP meet and greet ticket at Denver. And this is, again, not something we can do in every city. When you hear what I'm talking about, you'll understand why. Our good friend Emily Schramm, who unfortunately can't make it for the majority of the live show, has a gym that she opened last year called Platform Strength in Denver. We're going to do a workout on the morning after the show. It's Sunday, the 9th of June. Platform strength. Emily Schramm, Derek Kaczynski. I'm not sure if Kellyanne's going to show up. I'm not sure if Nehemiah's going to show up. I will certainly be there. They're going to host a nice little light workout with you guys. You get to meet Emily. You get to hang out with Dee again. Really fun stuff. Again, you have to have the VIP meet and greet bracelet that we're going to give you on Saturday at the VIP meet and greet. And again, it's because we have to keep this contained. We can't have everybody come. We can't fit everybody in the gym. And this is just extra. It's bonus. It's gravy. After that workout, we're going to migrate back over to our buddy's establishment. It's going to host a nice little brunch for us. Anybody who wants to come to that who has the VIP meet and greet badge, even if you don't go to the workout, you can come to the brunch. Even if you don't go to the brunch, you can come to the workout and so on, as long as you have that VIP meet and greet bracelet and badge from Saturday. So, Denver is just a weekend long extravaganza. We could not be more excited. Nehemiah Clark from Real World Austin, Kellyanne Judd from Real World Sydney, and we're going to announce another guest soon, guys. Don't wait. There's only a few meet and greet tickets left. And once those are gone, as I said, you can't come to any of that stuff. Again, with the, with the after parties, these are more for you to give you guys a go, uh, place to hang out, get to know each other, have a couple drinks. We will come by. I can't promise we're going to stay for longer than an hour. You know, I can't promise how long we're going to stay. We will come by. I can tell you we will come by. I don't know if everyone's going to come by. I will come by. D will come by. I'm pretty sure Nehemiah and Kellyanne are coming. But we will have to leave at some point. So please, just know. We're setting this up for you guys. It doesn't mean we're going to be hanging all night. But so I don't want you guys to be disappointed. Or if we go to something else, oh, my God, you chose that over. No. I mean, what we guarantee you guys is a pre-show meet and greet and a live show. Everything on top of that is gravy. I'm telling you in advance about this other stuff so you can plan accordingly. You don't double book yourself. You don't make restaurant reservation, et cetera, et cetera. But it's all gravy. Just be happy it's there. And I know some of you guys get worried. You say, but you said it's going to be only the VIP meet and greet people. And then the other people show up. We can't stop people from showing up to an establishment, but we will be sectioned off at this one. I can guarantee that. We are going to be giving out bracelets. So you will not be able to get into our official after-party section without that bracelet in case any of you guys are worried about that. All right, that's Denver, Los Angeles. No after party currently planned for Los Angeles, but who knows? It's LA, am I right? But what we do have is a pre-show meet and greet that starts at 3 p.m. Remember, 3 p.m. Normally, we do these at 1 and then 3. This is 3 and then 5. 3 p.m. meet and greet, 5 p.m. live show, Hollywood Improv on Melrose, one of the most famous comedy clubs in the world. We're going to be joined by Veronica Portillo, one of my favorite guests, one of my favorite cast members ever, probably one of the most popular women in the history of MTV, let alone the challenge, a trailblazer if there's ever been one. She'll be on stage with me, with Derek, with Alton. I mean, what an OG panel to have on stage at the Hollywood Improv. And then, I mean, you guys ask all the time, are you going to bring in a champs versus stars person, a champs versus pros person? How about the creator of Lights Out Extreme Fighting and the Lights Out brand, Sean Merriman? This guy, I'm not even saying this because I've gotten another guy over the last few years. One of my favorite football players the last 20 years. I've always been an outside linebacker, edge rusher kind of guy. This guy was one of the fiercest quarterback attackers in the league for at least a five year period. He was an all pro linebacker twice. That's not just being a pro all pro is like you were the best linebacker in your position at, at the time in the league. This guy was an elite player injuries got the best of him, But I mean, few people in the history of the league have played at the level of Sean Merriman. He's an alumni of the university of Maryland known mainly for his work on the San Diego chargers played a couple good years in Buffalo as well. He's a really cool cat. You can see him on TV. He's an analyst now. He talks about football all the time. He can talk about fighting. He can talk about the challenge. Amazing guy. He cannot wait to meet you guys. Lights out. will be in the building. Hollywood Improv. All right. I've plugged him to death. Challengemania.live for the tickets to Denver. Challengemania.la for the tickets to Los Angeles. We'll be announcing some other cities and other dates in coming months. We cannot wait to hang out with all you guys. We cannot wait to meet you guys. We cannot wait to feel the energy in all these cities. We can't wait to come to the cities near you that we've never been to. And obviously, our home away from home is New York City. It's literally my home. It's not even my home away from home. It's my home. But it's Dee's home away from home. It's Challenge Mania Live's home away from home. It's my home base. It's where a lot of, you know, challengers live in the vicinity. And a lot of you guys live here. And um, Caroline's on Broadway has become our home away from home, mainly because we had our first ever show there. You're about to hear the first 35 minutes from our first ever show at Caroline's on Broadway. I hope you enjoy it. I hope it inspires you to check out one of our shows, June 8th, Denver Improv. June 22nd, Hollywood Improv. And guys, when I tell you we have a lot planned for the late summer and the fall, we have a ton. But there will be no shows in July. These are the only two shows on the calendar. It just doesn't work out with D's schedule and my schedule. July's a mess. We will not be hitting the road in July, but August will be back at it. Stay tuned. Thank you guys so much. Remember to follow us on Twitter. I'm at ShadiVieger. He's at Derek MTV. Instagram, I'm at Scott of Yeager. He's at DerekMTV. Facebook, facebook.com slash Challenge Mania Podcast. Without further ado, myself, Derek Kaczynski, Mark Long, live on stage at Caroline's, the first ever Challenge Mania Live.
4: Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p, unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit, 4 plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. CTMobile.com.
2: Kaiser is off the chain. Everything is in one place for you. Your x ray will be done there. The doctor will see you there. The labs are there for you. And then the nurses that work with you at Kaiser, they make you feel so at home. They're there to meet your needs. I would not be alive today if I had not had Kaiser Permanente. I feel really, really great knowing there's a place that I can go to make sure that I can maintain
1: good health on a regular basis. Every medical case is unique. Kaiser Foundation Health the Middle States, 2101 East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland, 20852. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Caroline's on Broadway, America's premier comedy nightclub in the heart of Times Square it's showtime and we've got a great show for you tonight so sit back relax and get ready to laugh that's right folks we've got a great show for you this afternoon now please put your hands together let's get a warm welcome going put your hands together guys get some applause going for the host of challenge mania live give
0: it up for scott yeager everybody How you doing? Welcome to the first ever Challenge Mania Live here at Caroline's on Broadway in New York fucking city. Um, so you guys are typically used to hearing me in your ear pods or out of your comp- This is what I look like, ladies and gentlemen. This is it. This is the full package. So just picture me doing this, but in a closet in my home while D is in uh, West Virginia. So I just you know want to know, where who, who, where'd you guys come from today? Like, where do you guys come from? You guys local? Jersey? Yeah, Canada. We got Canada in the house, eh? Awesome. Syracuse, we got the Qs in the house. 315, what's up, brother? We can't, dude, thank you guys so much for making Challenge Mania what it is. You guys obviously love the show, The Challenge. Everybody watches The Challenge, even if they don't tell you they watch The Challenge. I think Barack Obama watches The Challenge. No, somebody said they were at a Christmas party, and they say, Brock, do you watch a challenge? He said, uh, uh, y- you mean like CT? And, and and they said, yeah, I listen to a podcast, Derek Kaczynski hosts, so you know Derek, and he goes, y- you mean that guy who wrestled with Joss? But, uh, but that'll be the last mention of that wrestling match here today, I promise you. I promise you that. That will be the only one. So anybody never been to New York City before, or you've all been to New York City before? This is the first time for you guys, New York City? okay. Just to let you know, you'll be walking down the streets, somebody will be talking, you think they're talking to you, they're talking to themselves, just so you know. Just so you know. I wanted to fix this by giving them Bluetooth headsets. That way, when you start to get uncomfortable, you're like, oh, it's just a business guy closing a deal. I get it. That's fun. I don't know why his dick is out, but (laughs) that's just who that guy is. It's New York City, guys. Stock Exchange is here. Um, Everybody, give a round of applause for the awesome staff at Caroline's, who... (laughs) Look at these. I mean, look at this food. I don't know if you guys have ever been to a comedy club before, but you don't get food like that everywhere. So make sure to treat them well all night. We have a great show for you guys tonight. We have not one, not two, but three guests for you tonight. One of them it's their birthday. You guys ever heard of Mark Long, the Godfather? One of them, Dee likes to call her a Disney princess. She's more of like a Xena warrior princess, if you ask me, right? Emily Schramm is in the house. Let her hear it. I know for a fact that door to the green room is open so they can hear it, folks. And the third member of our dais here today, not including me and my co-host, who you guys obviously know, is Mr. Darrell Taylor is in the house tonight. Doesn't get cooler than that guy. It really doesn't. So you guys obviously came here primarily for me, right? Right? Did you guys come for me? Right? now, Who am I fucking kidding, right? You guys didn't come for me. You came for D, right? So without further ado, I'm going to bring out my co-host who's going to roll out here for you. I should have had him come out to roll out. Mr. Derek Kaczynski, ladies and gentlemen. Here he is. Your own mic right here.
3: Give me a damn mic. Give me a damn mic, Scott. I don't always drink. But when I do, I act like I drink Dos Equis. Get that one? I act
4: like Appreciate
0: I drink Appreciate that. Ladies and gentlemen, Derek Kosinski, give it up. Funny thing happened yesterday, D. We were ch- you were checking into the hotel, and uh, you, you went to say your name to the person at the desk. And what did you say? You said... I feel like Vern. No, you said Kosinski. Uh, rest in peace. You said Kosinski. Oh, yeah. And I said, have I been saying your name wrong for 10 years? And you were like, no, I just say that. Well,
3: well, well I don't want to offend any people, but like, we are in a comedy club and we can get a little racy in here, right?
0: Oh, yeah. All
3: right. Th- that's what you guys do because you're a-, a former stand-up comedian, right?
0: Yeah, you're always a I used to hate comedian. going
3: to fucking comedy clubs because like, you motherfuckers would always say shit that I- pissed me off, right? It's always like a race joke or something. I was just like, ugh, you know what I mean? It's like, earth to me. Uh, so I haven't gone to any of Theo's shows in a while.
0: Theo Vaughn, ladies and gentlemen, that was a challenge reference.
3: My man, my man, I think he hates me. Darrell knows why. Um, we won't get into that story. That's one of those stories. I don't Will we
0: not about. get into that story? Should we get into that story? Should we find out why? When I, when D saw my tweet the other day that I was enjoying very much Theo's Santo special and said he should come on the show, he sends me a text and he just goes, Theo hates me. And I go, why? And he goes, What did you say? I screwed him over. And I go, Please tell. Do tell. And you're like, no, it's good. And I'm like, no, I'm going to bring this up on stage. Yeah. That, so uh, let's yeah, hear that, it.
3: That nice, honest guy, you know, that everybody knows. Yeah, not with Theo.
0: That was you? You're not honest that, when it comes to yeah, Theo? Yeah, I was like a really Should I play guy. Theo? It was like one of those dirty moves that nobody knows about Derrick, that I don't want to talk about. Derek, why'd you do do me dirty? Thank Scott. There, you're vote. making me
3: really nervous. I'm starting to sweat. Next subject.
0: No, seriously, you're going to have to tell this story. What'd you do to Theo?
3: Fuck off, Scott. <laughs> I'm serious. Fuck off.
0: We're not moving on until you tell us what you did to Theo. That's how this is going to work.
3: Oh, God. Let Darrell tell the story. I had to fucking bail myself out so bad with Darrell with the move I made with Theo. Or that I didn't make with Theo. And uh, I had to do my best effort to save Darrell because I then he'd want to kill me, too. I actually think that people were giving me death threats, like, and it was him afterwards, right?
0: Theo. So it, so it was all it, Theo. He created 40 Twitter accounts. Yeah. Just to give you mm-hmm. death threats.
3: So, so here, so here's the thing. Sounds I mean, like Theo. I'm gonna try to back myself up a little bit with this story because I do feel like an asshole because it was a, I did a dishonorable thing. I should put my Game of Thrones shirt back on, um, but it, it was it was really bad. So, um, so me Darrell, and Theo had a a pact uh, going into Fresh Meat. You know, that's where DM rest in peace DM. That, that's where we um, give it up for DM. Where we all began. Um, so, we had a pact, you know, that we were going to kind of g- go to the end together, and we did. And I was kind of still learning from Theo and, and Daryl, and I still kind of had, like, a... Uh, it's so- something I didn't like about Theo, it was, it, was, it was the jokes, dude. It was the racy, comedian...
0: And what's he ever going to do with that, anyway, right? But he, is he blowing up now? Is Theo yeah. blowing up? he's Bl- got a Netflix yeah, man. special, yeah. man. He's, got, he's, like, in the... Rog- the Joe. You guys like Joe Rogan, any of you guys? He's in, like, the Joe Rogan family of comics. He's set.
3: So I should probably side with him and not tell the
0: story. No, you're telling the story. You're already in. You're oh in. My
3: God. Alright. So anyway, long story short, like we made a pact.
0: That's Theo telling you to tell the story.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh, we have a ghost in the building. Um so so we ended up making a deal, and at the, at the very last second, like I, I, he was really rubbing me the wrong way with these fucking jokes. He was making Coral cry and shit like that. Do you remember
0: any of the jokes? Is there one that really stuck with you?
3: No, they're just dirty. Just making fucking Coral cry and shit like that. Got you know? it. So and it takes
0: a lot to make Coral cry, because we all know she doesn't wrestle. What does she do? Bitch, bitch, That's right.
3: <laughs> so you g- g- get where I'm coming from, right? right? To make her cry. hurting my girl, right? In front of me. Right. So um, it, what, we, it, what came down to the wire, in, in reality, it was between we shouldn't have, we probably shouldn't have voted him in, and we ended up DM. Actually, sorry, D. I know I'm throwing you on the spot now, but whatever she's listening we did. right
0: now. I know, just so you know.
3: I know. She's the one that kind of brought us all here together, and yeah, that's that's the honest to god truth. Like I really do think that we are all here today at this like borderline Comic Con version of the challenge <laughs> because of DM. You know because. If we're not celebrating her birthday tonight, like, this, is, this challenge mania isn't happening. Um, so, uh, so go back know.
0: to blaming this entire thing on DM. <laughs> go ahead. You were about to throw her under the bus. What did you do to Theo and why?
3: Uh, I just, I, I, I didn't know whether or not I should, I think, I think DM was kind of scared of Theo and Chanda. And um, I didn't know what to do. She wanted to vote Theo and Shonda in. I didn't really have any qualms with it, other than I had this pact with Darrell and, and Theo. Other than a pact,
0: what's a pact mean? Am I right? <sighs> Fuck
3: you, dude. This is the, like th- this. This story used to haunt me for like a really long time. I'd never talk about it. And uh, you know, here we are. Yes, hopefully. Caroline's on
0: Broadway, New York City.
3: <laughs> yeah. Ha ha! Jokes on me. We end up putting Theo and Shonda in. They get eliminated. Okay, he's pissed at me. Darrell's pissed at me because he's on the chopping block, and I give the other bad guys the the power. Like,
0: who are the other bad guys? Like
3: Wes and Wes and Kenny. Wes and Kenny were the bad guys. You gave Wes Wes the power. Wes and Kenny. I gave Kenny and Wes the power, and we lost it. um, And they voted Darrell, so it was Darrell versus theo which was like my alliance all because i couldn't hold my ground and save theo and let diem essentially make the final call sorry diem and um but that's what happened and i couldn't i had it took me a long time to like you know really live it down because it was like one of the worst things i'd ever done i really like shook on it with them like a week before and uh you know like it, it was painful it's painful for me to talk about now because like you just don't do that to people. Did you learn
0: from that? Do you, do you no longer break? Was that the last pact you remember breaking on the show?
3: No. Yeah.
0: Someone in the crowd Why? went, no.
3: Yeah, what do you mean, no? What? <laughs> what? You guys break all the time. So. Uh, oh. That's true, but I don't. That was the one I did. But it, it, the, Here's the thing. Here's the, here's the thing. You can't make promise. If you make promises, to, it's better to just leave things unsaid. Because then you can't say, I told you that I was having your back. That's the biggest problem and that's what happened in these this last challenge with like Tony, oh, yeah. and all them. It's like they straight up like telling people
0: Does anybody have a watch or clock? Is it uh it, it's Tony time? <laughs> what time is it? Tonight's Tony time. Tonight. He's got his girlfriend here. Tony's officially thirty years old. Birthday, yeah, he just turned oh, thirty. Yeah. My birthday, his birthday, Mark's birthday, DM's, DM's birthday. birthday. It's yeah. birth yeah, birthday wow. month on fleek. We're gonna, we're Tony, gonna have Tony came on our podcast in December and made the argument that the team of guys in their 20s was better than the guys in their 30s, and now he's in his 30s. Tony time, baby. That's all I'm saying. Okay, I, so I've been
3: trying, to, I've been trying to, to. We've been trying to get Tony to do a Tony time. Well, we're, we're trying. We're thinking about doing a Tony. Asking him, Tony, to do a Tony time T-shirt. But I want would one. You, that who would
0: buy a Tony time T-shirt? Anybody in here would buy a Tony time T-shirt? Two of you guys. Two, three. Yeah. How about a, how about a, how about a, uh, Tony- this isn't t-shirt workshop day. Uh, we're how, not, we're I, not going to,
3: how about a Tony time t-shirt, like him doing Tony time and then maybe going not.
0: How about a, a Tony watch that's just fucking broken? It's just, it has no numbers on it. It's just Tony's head everywhere and you're just late to everything. Tony time. I don't know what to tell you. um. So thank you guys so much for coming. We want you guys to tell everybody uh, that you were here and, you know, do the whole hashtag thing, hashtag Challenge Mania, hashtag Challenge Mania Live. Um, Obviously, don't take any photos during the show, but any of you guys who got photos before the show, we'd love to see those. Tag us. We'll retweet the F out of those. Um, We really appreciate – I know people are going to want to know what we set up here and everything like that. Fucking tell them, you know what I mean? Because you guys, they're not going to hear, they're not going to hear, they're not going to hear this, but you just tell them that you went to the coolest show ever and these guys went off. Don't obviously don't record anything or anything like that, but people, I've heard people ask me, they go, is it cool? When people ask what happened at the show, do you want us to keep it a secret? You can let them know broad strokes of what we talked about today, but this is a cool room to be in because this is not going on iTunes. So, it's not like come Tuesday, somebody's going to be jogging to work listening to this. This is for us here today. So,
3: I don't know if you guys saw the reunion of that Fresh that fresh Meat reunion, but uh, Theo came in with a neck brace. He was wearing a neck brace. Yeah, it, that was that was me.
0: Whoa. Okay, you buried the lead. Are you familiar with that term, D? I don't want anyone to repeat the story. How did he get you, how did you get him in a neck brace? Brace yourselves, I mean, guys. He's
3: a comedian, and he wore the neck brace, and then... I knew why because he got—he's basically saying he got stabbed in there. He got his neck broken. Oh, up.
0: it was a visual metaphor. <laughs> he was being a dick. He is good. So you didn't even do it. You didn't. Oh, you made it. See, did guys? Did he make it seem like he broke Theo's neck or something like that? Yeah. All right. So we're gonna bring out our first guest. All right. We alluded to some birthdays before. This is the birthday guy in the house. He is okay. This guy was on Road Rules in 1995. I'm gonna take you guys. I'm going to take you guys back to 1995. Offhand, nobody take out their phones and look this up, even if you did, as you all know by now. You get no service in here, so that's not going to happen. Anyway, does anyone know what the number one movie in America was in 1995? Toy Story. The first computer animated movie ever came out the year. Does anyone know what the number one song in America was in 1995? Gangster's Paradise by Coolio. I would have... I would have gotten eliminated on Jeopardy because I said gangsters and not gangsters. Um, just so you guys have a frame of reference, Kayla, you guys like Kayla? She was three years old. Young Hunter, you guys like Hunter Barfield, never tells a lie. Two years old in 1995. When this man who's about to take the stage started ruling the road, ladies and gentlemen, there's a reason they call him Marlon Brando calls him the godfather. Mr. Mark Long, everybody! Hell
3: yeah! Oh, uh, wait for it. Here we go!
0: There he is, ladies and gentlemen! Yeah, baby! Let's put you right here, because D just set up shop in the wrong chair. Spoiler and alert. That awesome handshake.
4: Let's go, people! <laughs> NYC! I dug out my NYC shirt for the people The local. How many locals? How many NYC locals? Then, then we had a Philly girl, right? Two Philly girls? There they are. Drove them from Philly. Hour and a half. Go Eagles. Yeah. boo! You guys won the Super Bowl. Damn right we did. Carson Wentz blew his oh, knee Does Carson Wentz feel like he won the Super Bowl? Of course. He does? It's like he, he drove the horse to water, Scott. He yeah. drove him right up to the lake there, and then all But unlike was the
0: the Patriots thing, this isn't going to be like uh, this is now the Nick Foles show. We're going back to Carson Wentz. Of course, right? We're going back to Wentzylvania.
4: Of course, and Foles is going to play that role fine. So you know, yeah, two in a row, guys. Two in a row, you think? So I don't know. I don't so know. Mark.
0: You're a fan favorite, obviously, in life, obviously, in the world of the challenge, but also Appreciate on our that. podcast, Appreciate it. because we call it story time with Mark Long. You tell a, a damn good story. You have seemed to ha- have had run-ins with everyone, from Pamela Anderson to you know random police officers who instruct you to put change in your mouth or whatever that story was.
4: Yeah. I got a good old-school story. You yeah. guys like old-school shit? How many of you guys watched from the very beginning? i back to real-world stuff. Real-world stuff? So do you guys remember Eric Nieese from The Grind? <laughs> Eric Nies was like the OG, right? So I don't think you were there for this, Derek.
3: No, but I know all about the grind because I was in like high school. Yeah. Like yeah!
4: The Grind was the greatest. Who's this show. dude? Hey, the grind, they actually did VHS tapes of the grind they sold. And it was actually it beat out Oprah Winfrey's uh, VHS thing for like 30 weeks in a row. So Eric Nies had some juice. So and he also, by the way, dated Pamela Anderson. That's, yeah, he so, did. so Eric's story with dating her—he's, you know, Eric came off this this isn't the, the the good story. This is just a prep. So the good story about Eric is he was out at the Viper Room in Los Angeles, oh, yeah. and this is a height of like owned Eric by niece. Johnny
0: Depp. Owned by Johnny Depp. Yeah, this right. is
4: like Eric niece grind, like living on top of the world. And he sees Pamela Anderson from across the thing, and he's like, "Wow, it's Pamela Anderson." So, but Eric's like super cool, right? He's like, "I'm not going to go over there." Uh, and one of her friends comes over and says, "Hey, Pam Anderson is over there, and would like you to come over and say hi." any person in the room back then probably would have jumped and sprinted over right as a guy eric goes no i'm not going over there he goes you tell her if she wants to meet me you get her ass to come over here (laughs) true story so inevitably pam gets up and comes over and they date it for like nine months straight that's not the funny story the funny story is so we did battle of the sexes one and we did it in jamaica do you guys remember that? Remember the whole in the beginning where Puck spit on David's face? So we, I said this on the podcast, but we tried to work a deal out because they were going to kick Puck off. So we, we tried to work a deal out where, where, where we'd let David spit on Puck's face. Like, like third grade. Like a third grade, right? So like that equal out. So it ended up they didn't, he didn't spit back on, but they let him stay on the show. So Eric... Eric's claim to fame is he does all this weird shit. Like growing up, he did all this weird like when we do eating challenges, he loves it because he can eat anything. I see I literally have pointed bugs randomly off the street, he just picks them up and eats them. He doesn't even know what they are. So one of his other things was we were in the pool one day, everyone's partying by the pool. You see Eric kind of shimmy up next to the, the pool jet, right? And we're thinking, oh, you know, maybe his back's sore. you know, something. So so Eric puts his ass in front of the pool jet, he then somehow takes in about three gallons of pool water up his ass? So then, so I'm not kidding, so then he gets out of the pool with, without a drop hitting the floor, and he goes, hey, pick pick something over there. And I'm like, uh, how about the, the, the fire alarm thing? He goes, all right. He bends over, and like a fucking fireman, shoots the, <laughs> shoots the fire, the extinguisher, Clear as day, like, like you've never seen. So because we all are fucking idiots, we're like, how do you do that? <laughs> we're like, I want to do that. So you, you picture it. Everyone's boozed up. So we're then all trying to put water up our ass and, and shoot it. And one of, the guy, one of the guys that thought he mastered it, did it, got out of the pool, he will remain nameless because he would be so pissed if I told him. Or told it. Nobody, I just, told, nobody's I, I just, gonna I just
3: confessed to the worst story I could tell. So he, just, he, he
4: tries What's to, their name rhyme with? Uh uh Butarian. Okay. So he tries to do it, and literally, it looks like a baby just shits all over the wall. I mean, it was shit, orange juice, uh, Anything you say, so then, so then, everyone else tried, tried to, tried to do it. It just miserably failed. But it was a, it was a true good Eric Neese story. And then I have another old school story. We
1: have time for, for one more. Oh
4: yeah. Do you guys remember? Pu- do you guys remember Puck? Yeah. Who hold remember? on, hold on, bro. You might need one of these. Yeah, crack me one open. So Puck, who's got fifty thousand stories. Tupac related stories. When I, yeah. I said this on the podcast too, but just because we're live, first time I went over Puck's, he said, "Listen." You can't come over unless Mm -hmm. you bring me a rock. He's like, but it can't be like a little rock. It needs to be like a rock like the size of a football. And I'm thinking, what the fuck does he want rock for? So I pull up to this guy's house, and now I know he's got literally a fucking mountain of rocks in his front yard. So everyone that came to Puck's house had to bring a rock. So that was my – so Puck got kicked out, you remember? This is such a bad story, but it's good. Um, He got kicked off the show, and they said, listen, you can stay one more night, but in the morning – you got to pack up your shit and leave. And he's like, all right, that's fine. They would never do that today, by the way. No, no. So in the morning, he gets up early. And do you remember those old school, like, half-gallon milk cartons, you know? So Puck takes the milk carton out as a final hurrah, and he dips his nuts in the milk (laughs) and lifts it up and shakes it around, sets it back in the fridge, and he goes, Mark and I sat there on the couch to say my goodbye, he's like, I watched this one come out and pour cereal, I watched <laughs> this one come out and put it in their coffee, and he's like, and I just sat there and laughed. He's like, that was my final fuck you to that whole house. <laughs> which I thought was awesome, right? So, so that, was, that was my Puck story, but the guy, I, I, still today everyone's like, hey, where's Puck? I'm like, I don't know where Puck is. Puck could be in jail, which I know he's been before, right? Uh, he could be a, a millionaire inventing some weird shit, uh, that's another thing when I wore there. He, co- he was covering everything in fur. So anything in his house, the remote control, covered in fur. His <laughs> cell phone, covered in fur. His dog leashes, covered in fur. He had a chihuahua that literally, I don't know how, I mean, he's like the dog whisperer. This chihuahua would do anything you th- that he asked of it. And his house was literally, they did a cribs on it one time. It was It was like the Beverly Hillbillies does cribs. The pool, the pool in the backyard has, had like two feet of water only in it, and it was green with like beer cans all in it. I think the dog took a shit while, we, while they were filming it, and he literally just looks and then just picks it up with his bare hands and throws it in the yard. <laughs> so that was, that was my experience with Puck. But he would also, because he's got that tenderness inside of him, he would also every once in a while write me a hand letter and mail it in the mail with like an old-time antique stamp. So, as weird as he was, he had a sensitive side. A- and it sent me weird shit. So, but anyway, kudos I got a to Puck. I got a couple weird uh, Puck stories. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes.
3: <sighs> all right, man. I mean, like, this is a fucking weird bird. Like, as weird as it come, I wonder if right? I've heard of him. So, all right. so he came on the podcast back when I was doing Ultimate Challenge Radio, right? And he, like, first he, like, you know, tested me I asked him if he'd come on. He was friends with Katie Doyle. Yeah. Like, he picked us up from the airport in her car one time, and he was, like, irate. He was like, get in the fucking car, I gotta go. And his like, neck was like, fucking about this explode. And I was like, is this guy like made of fucking stone? Like, what the hell is this? He's
4: thing? tuned up at all times.
3: I was like, what is this thing? You know what I mean? It's a I puck. It's a like, yeah. and he, was just like he, he, he didn't even, he looked like he wasn't even real. Like, his head was like, looking like it was gonna fucking just like explode with veins and like, he looked like a scary, f- like, mutant. You know,
4: that's fucked, dude. And he was
3: like, "Get in the car." And like, and like, Katie Doyle like couldn't drive a car for like a long time; like she was scared to drive, or something. It was so weird. Right, so we get in, man, and I'm just like, my first experience. He fucking drops us off and like leaves, and like I drive Katie back home. It was I was we- weird as hell. And another time, I seen him at a barbecue. He didn't even tell you
4: why he was w- hurrying you. Yeah, he, he just d- left.
3: Yeah, he dude. He he's like got, he's in a weird shit. he guys picked guys us buy. up in the airport.
4: He's
0: buying fur. And then <laughs> and then in <and laughs> Katie Doyle's to fur car. His
3: as if, like, he had had her car, was, like, borrowing her car for, like, months. And then he was, like, take your car and get the fuck out. Like, I'm picking up from the airport. I'm giving you back your car. Peace yeah. out. Yeah. And then I drove the car back. And then I found out Katie Doyle like, never drives. She's scared to drive. And, like, she, like one time she was following me on the highway, and she was driving, like, 40 miles an hour, maybe less than that. And I was, like,
4: what the hell is, is wrong you? guys with remember you? Katie, right? She was nuts. Katie God. was nuts. She got her cute little girl now.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember just like watching her and being like like we'd come o- God bless you Katie wherever you are. I'm not trying to talk shit. Just saying. Like you want <laughs> someone
4: storing this tagging Katie her. You want
3: to talk about <laughs> you want to talk about something that I can't, like, can't drink. say
4: exactly what happened Katie, but you were mentioned. Like Damn, I, yeah. like
3: one time we I drove her home. Like we were good friends, right? Like her and Trishel I used to come fucking How steal good. my booze, all that shit, right? Um well, she like at some point I was like taking care of her while you know, we came home at, from a night of, like, drinking or whatever, and, like, she was, like, trying to get out of the car, and I was just, like, watching her, like, sober, just, like, in, like mesmerized how entertaining it was to watch someone, like, try and get out of a fucking car. That's I not mean, it taking was, like,
0: care of someone, by the yeah. way. I don't know if you know what that means. It's bad but friendship. You help them. You know bad friendship.
3: Yeah, yeah, but no, I Poor. mean, the, the, there's only so many times you can, like, fucking pick someone up and carry them home or carry them here or carry them there. How many times have you carried Katie Doyle? Sorry, we are fucking going in on
4: Katie Doyle right now, but
3: how many times have you carried Katie Doyle? Doyle, how many times have many you many
4: to- carried many Katie times. Doyle? Get ready for this one. Many times. She's a mess. Uh, well, so. well, she was a mess. She'll even admit it. She was a mess.
3: Like, like, but now she's got the little girl. She's like, she's
0: all clean, right, quick, All right, quick,
4: quick segue here to ask you both individually. Uh-oh. Really Ooh.
0: quick answer. Don't even think about it. We'll leave Puck out of it. Mark, biggest mess you've ever met in the challenge? Oh, oh man. Uh, biggest uh,
4: mess. Mess. Tanya was a mess. Yeah? Yeah, she was a mess. Yeah. She, was just, she was just scattered all the time. Do you think she saw I, in the theater? (laughs) She's like, that's me. That's (laughs) me. Hey, I have another quick story that's that's just kind of fun. You guys know they never show the production stuff, right? Not a lot of it. Derek, you'll love this story. Duel 2, we were shooting in, uh, where was it? New Zealand. Duel 2, wait. You said
0: Brazil because you were way the fuck off.
4: Duel 2 (laughs) was in New Zealand. And the thing is, is we never get to do shit on our own. Like They have us on such a short leash that you can't really do anything on you can't like we'd have to say hey I'm going jogging I'm gonna check out the jog so someone has to wait till you go because they don't want you going in teams because you'll try to like do some sneaky shit on the side which we've done before always. the pack that's where the pack yeah, was the, made the, so the, the jog so
3: the run was always like where you you devise a plan the yeah, or the about. or the pool Love middle of the pool with
4: that's so why you're also physically oh, fit exactly you can only talk while running exactly right so we're on the we just finished an elimination up on the top of this mountain in New Zealand and. You know, it was great. It was on the top of a mountain. Getting up there was insane. Like the roads were this this uh, wide, and it had like special local drivers there. So, me, Brad, Evan, and Landon are in one of the SUVs. You guys know all those guys, right? So we're in one of the SUVs, and we're there by himself. And production's kind of walking around, and you see one van leave, you see a production crew leave, you see another van leave. Sooner or later everyone leaves, and it's me, Landon, Brad, and Evan in this SUV without a production guy around, which is a huge no-no. So basically, they fucking ditched us. So we're up on top of this mountain, and they left us. So me, being the oldest one in the car, because that's how fucking responsible I am, people. I'm like, well, what do we do? And they're like, oh, well, they'll, they'll, know, they'll know that w- they left you like within a like, couple minutes. You know this never happens. They literally, everyone fucking drove and left. So they're like, they're like, well, let's just wait around. We waited around 30 minutes, Derek. No one came back. And when I say I took one for the team, I took one for the team. I, I started to drive us down, and literally the roads were so small. The <laughs> so when I was driving, the, whole, the guys weren't even on the right side of the car. They were all shifted on the left side because they didn't want to look over the thing. <laughs> so I got us down to the thing, and I'm like, well, now that we have fucking – we have a car – now we're like, it's free. So I'm like, I saw a Dairy Queen down the street. I'm like, let's go to the fucking Dairy Queen. So we drove to the only Dairy Queen in New Zealand and we pull up and we're like, drive through and they're like, no, we're going in. You know, I'm not eating my fucking ice cream in the car. So we go, to, we go in the Dairy Queen. We literally walk two steps in and this is sure enough, we see four people from production standing in line and they're like, what are you guys doing here? We're like, you guys left us. They're like, no fucking way. Who's out there in the car? We're like, you left us. They walked out, and you see them going like this. Oh, sure. Can you guys come up here? And do it? <laughs> so just that cash, was one of the times where we that said, you know queen, what, production? That fuck you. Yeah, that was one of our times we said ultimate fuck you back to production. But, yeah, we've had many of those things. Back in the day, now it's so strict, you can't do anything. I mean, we used to take golf carts. We used to go on our days off and rent hotel rooms. We used to plan fishing trips they didn't even know about. Now it's like, you do that now, you're getting sent home and not getting paid. 100%. So anyway, a little fun Or story. just getting fined. Yeah, or, or fined. But, you know, which is the, took which care is of production that day, bro.
0: The biggest mess that you've interacted well, with. Well, here, here's
4: so the so. sad
3: thing. Here, I know we're in a comedy Define club. Define mess. I think you did. The, uh, most of us start off as messes, okay? Like, you're not getting on these TV shows <laughs> <Derek was> without <laughs> being a complete mess, for the record. Like... For the record, off the record, I was the drunk homophobic asshole to kick the whole thing off. Oh, right? we know. Yeah. So, and you didn't even know. That's the problem. It's like you don't even know you're a fucking mess until you start watching yourself on TV, like punch trees and RVs and use the derogatory terms that are not allowed to be said these days. Talk,
0: to,
4: like, talk to frogs. Yeah. You Make told, frogs you told your, your
0: true or false, that you told your, your family, like your aunt, that you were an actor. And that was like you doing Daniel Day Lewis. Acting like a scumbag.
3: My mom. Your mom. Would have to tell. Oh,
0: your mom told people most
3: family members that it's just an act. He's just acting.
0: He's a method actor. <laughs> He's yeah. playing
3: Derek. <laughs> it's not real. It's not He's
0: very good, Derek. Yeah.
3: But later on, you think like, oh man, it's not a bad getaway plan, right? Like, it's just, it's not real. It's just But like have
4: it. you, g- you guys, have noticed the evolution here with this kid, right? Yeah. I mean, it's You're literally fan favorite. It's literally right. <laughs> it people really like is. You. It's they something really to say, it. man. I mean, yeah. his first show you came on was that in the one in Santa Fe? That's great. This conversation is never going to get me on another show again. <laughs> <laughs> but you, were, it was Santa Fe, right? D? the, the yeah. first first yeah, Dallas yeah. Sexes two. And was he was first show yeah. He came in just young, fucking wild, and running hot. He was running hot all the time, boozing all the time. But tell the truth, bro. Tell the truth. Keep going. No, no. But but tell me about it because I don't no, know. No, I've you never were. heard it
3: this straight up and real. He before. was
4: he was he was just you know. 20 morning years to old. 20 morning years old. tonight parting let's go you guys want some jack you carry around a bottle of jack Daniels in his hand <laughs> that's when they let you just carry whatever booze you want but again y- you know I think the viewers and you guys could always see the silver lining around D which people love and have grown to love so that's you know everyone's young it's just that's the phases you go through but that's why sometimes you guys you know identify with some of these cast members is like you guys were all young too. I'm like, oh, I remember being like that, or I remember drinking like that. So it's just the evolution of the show. Who here le- doesn't love D? Come on. Come on. Thank you. Um, the fact, here, 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 I've said this before too. The fact you guys seen the, the D Rock uh, elimination with uh, English Boy, right? Yeah. I mean, how. how I'm ins- not familiar with
0: it. What are you talking about? Was how, that this year? I, my DVR clunked out on one week. How insane
4: was that, right? Right? The fact, the fact from that alone, this guy doesn't get the fucking phone call every time after that is an absurdity. Am I right or wrong? He should be the first one on the list. Instagram that.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. He hates when we talk about him, but it's true. It's true. It's true. Um, Let's bring out our next guest, everybody. Los Angeles, California. It is time for Challenge Mania Live to return to Southern California. And we heard you. This time, we're not coming back to the Brea Improv, even though that's a great club. We're coming back to the heart of Hollywood, California. The Hollywood Improv on Saturday, June 22nd. We're bringing with us MTV legends Veronica Portillo and Alton Williams. That's right. We found Alton. And also NFL All-Pro linebacker and Champs versus Pros alum Sean Merriman. That's right. Lights out in the house as well. What a panel we'll have on stage at the Hollywood Improv on Saturday, June 22nd with myself and Derek. It's a 3 p.m. meet and greet and a 5 p.m. live show. And you can get tickets to all of it at challengemania.la. We will see you in Hollywood on Saturday, June 22nd. All right. All right.
1: More and more of our neighbors are struggling with the trauma of COVID-19
4: and the stress of everyday tasks. Life is hard. It's harder on drugs. On average, 130 people die every day from opioid overdose. Addiction is a common and treatable disease and affects people of all ages and all walks of
1: life. Reach out and join the thousands of Virginians that have successfully recovered at off-opioids.org. And remember, the Harrisonburg-Rockingham Community Services Board is here to help.